Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley here on 94 WIP. I'm Glenn Mack, now joined by my pal, Jody McDonald. Jody, how you doing this day? G Mac, better question. How'd your nerdy baseball weekend go last week? That's great. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> I have been in. Um, I mean, it's it's essentially a fantasy league, but it's a stratomatic league for people who know what that is, which is even geekier than fantasy. I have been in the same league since 1984. Um, wow. and yeah, I mean, I've survived a couple of moves with this thing. And we have members from Texas and New Jersey and Buffalo and Cleveland, your pal Andy Roth, our old friend, and Florida. And we get together once a year in March for the big draft, the two drafts, AL and NL separate. And we did it all last week. We went out to dinner at Park. We had cheesesteaks. It was, uh, Jody, it's, it's, you know, I know you've got like some old friends that you keep up with, and I've oh, known yeah. a lot of these guys for decades, and I only see them once a year, uh, largely. But it's it's always a blast. So thank you for asking. I, I was in a fantasy league with a a bunch of similar guys. I'm sure the ones that you started with are not the entire league that's intact now. Guys come and go, but there are a handful that have probably been there, if yep. not the entire time, damn close to it. And uh, it just folded uh, last year was the first year we hadn't played in 37 years. So, yeah, I know exactly where you are coming yeah, from. Yeah. Plus, I got Aaron Nola, so that's a good thing. Very nice. Um, so much to talk about today. The beauty that is the NCAA tournament, the hot streak of the Sixers, and whether whatever they've figured out carries into the playoffs. The Phillies in spring training, some uh, great work by Phillies in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, what else? Jody is going to review Ted Lasso. Uh, I'm going to ask you about coming to terms with uh, rooting for Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk to Todd Zalecki about the Phillies. We're going to talk to Brian Balding about the Eagles, all things NFL. But the big story through the week, and I guess where we should start, was all of the action with the Eagles that has come down since Wednesday, but really since Monday when we started hearing about it. So let's go there. All right, Jody, real quickly, I'm going to review who they kept, who they lost, and get your grade for Howie Roseman's work so far. So here's where we are. Sticking around, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Boston Scott, uh, James Bradbury, Fletcher Cox. And um, sticking around after we thought he was gone, Darius Slay. Coming to the Eagles from the outside, Rashad Penny, Marcus Mariota. Leaving, T.J. Edwards, going to the Bears. Javon Hargrave going to the 49ers. Andre Dillard, Marcus Epps, uh, Kaiser White. Miles Sanders goes to the Panthers. I th- oh, and and overnight, by the way, in case you were sleeping, Isaac Samalu signed with the Steelers over the last, uh, whatever, 12, 16 hours. So, 
Here's my question, Jody. Many of the guys who left are the under 30s, right? Edwards and Epps and Dillard and White and Sanders. The guys Howie kept around, largely. The older guys. Heroes of the franchise. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. All veterans of Super Bowl 52. Uh, Darius Slay is 32. James Bradbury is about to be 30. So my question is, when you look at it, Jody... As a astute football analyst as you are, and by the way, host of Eagles 365 every day, um, what do you think? There it seems like, and as Darius Slay posted, let's run it back. Is that plan going to work? For the most part, I think yes. Uh, I think Howie Roseman has done an outstanding job here during the offseason. But let, let me get out in front of this. As I said uh, on Twitter during the week and on Birds 365 and got some major pushback, uh, has Howie Roseman been perfect this offseason? No. Even though he was the executive of the year in the National Football League last year, and I'm on record as saying it's one of the best general manager seasons, if you were to evaluate every general manager every year, not only was Howie the best in the NFL this year, it's one of the best general manager seasons any general manager's had in the last five years. But even at that, he doesn't hit a thousand. And some people, and I think it's almost ironic that people have uh, done the 180 that they have, that you can say nothing wrong about Howie Roseman in some circles, whereas you used to not be able to say anything right about Howie Roseman. He was such a bum and unsuited for the job, and how can a guy named Howie be the general manager of the Eagles, which was ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> I didn't I, know that one. <laughs> oh, you'd never heard that? <laughs> because of his name? Because of his name. Him? Oh, Yeah. How can a guy named Howie be the general manager of an NFL football team? Uh, Oh, I've gotten that. I've gotten that plenty of times. Was Howie Long a pretty good football guy? Oh yeah, that's a weird one. Okay, never heard that. Over that, Uh, didn't play. Little guy, yeah, he's got the voice. The voice always hurt him. I thought right, and uh, even his uh, sometimes misspent attempted humor uh, loses in points, which I always appreciate the the fact that he tries to get a yuck in. Doesn't always hit, but he always tries, and I actually enjoy that. I think it's uh, endearing. Uh, And he wants to be one of the guys, and he's not exactly one of the guys. But, yeah, okay, everything you say so far, I I hear you. Keep going. So here's here's, uh, the – I would say that the only couple issues that I have, again, not perfection, but at the end of the day, you get a grade on everything, and I know the grade is ongoing until they kick off week number one, and we know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson came in last year just before the season started, so everybody wants to grade the GM immediately. Two days in, three days up, six days in. Wow, how is Howie Roseman done? And, yeah, you're getting grades as you go. You just don't get a final grade. I think he's had a couple that he hasn't necessarily clicked on. Of the veteran guys that he brought back, uh, those with experience, those with championship rings, I think $10 million is an overpay for Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Fletcher Cox. I'm glad they've got Fletcher Cox back. I'm not telling you Fletcher Cox can't play. And when you lose someone like Javon Hargrave, you need to keep an established guy like Fletcher Cox. Do I think he's a $10 million player? Not necessarily. Is Brandon Graham at six a much better value than Fletcher Cox is at 10? Yes. 
So I don't know if Fletcher – last year Fletcher got 14, which he played well, but not a $14 million season. So I, I, I think that was a bit of a stretch. Not saying it's a horrific move, but I think it's a slight overpayment, and yeah. I, I feel no problems pointing that out. Um, let me agree with you and say that I, it's, it's almost like it, it does appear to be a bit of an appreciation contract, right? And His second consecutive appreciation Second, contract. although last year he did, he did play up to it. What I, you know, he I played know, he the $14 million? He, well, okay, let me, let me clarify that. He had a good season. He had put up some good numbers. He was in a very good situation where they had a lot of depth on the defensive line, so he was able to come in, not play too much, and play well. I thought he tired out a little bit as the season went on, but I thought he played well. I don't know if it was worth 14 mil, but I'd give him, I'd give him positive grades on the season. But I do think that this – I think after you lose Hargrave, you want to keep him around. You need that veteran presence on the line. At least you want that veteran presence on the line. I, let me. Uh, I'm just going to sidetrack for one second, uh, and then and then I want you to get back to it. I have a um, beer glass that I got after Super Bowl Fifty Two, and on it it has a really nice Eagles logo, and then it ha- lists all of the players on the roster on the Super Bowl. Um, how many of those players do you think are still with the team? Four? No, five. How many? Keep, Tell keep me. going. Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, which seems low to me, but you get slower. So here's who they are: Cox, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson on the offensive line. Oh, uh, Derek Barnett, although he didn't play last year. <laughs> Jake Elliott, and oh, and the long snapper. Yeah, Lavar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were the two I left out. I should have been uh, cognizant yeah. of them. So who's um, going to be who's going to be the last survivor of that? That's a darn good question. I got uh, two each, nominees. With, with each pa- passing year, you say, "All right, well, this guy, this is his final year." Is right. Eagle. I mean, Sam Malu left yesterday, right? So he's right. so he, lost he, we lost one, one yesterday. Um, well, the way that it's going, I'd say Fletcher. He'll, I, he'll be getting that uh, <laughs> thanks for the memories contract for three more consecutive one-year deals. Forty-six years old. He's yeah. down to five million now. I I think it's either going to be Lane Johnson if he wants to, or Jake Elliott, who could be David Akers and just stay here forever. That's a good point. It's not a bad call. Could be Elliott. So, anyway, I, but let me let me get back to yeah, the uh, older guys. Here's the only position that I question Howie, and that's linebacker. The Eagles had a couple different positions coming to this offseason where you knew they were going to have to do something. Both of their defensive tackles, they let one go. They kept one, starting DTs. Both of their safeties. Oh, shoot, they haven't signed either one of those yet, but Georgie nope. Gardner-Johnson is still out there. But they've already lost both of their linebackers. And I'm a uh, big T.J. Edwards fan. Uh, granted, he wanted to go back to Chicago, apparently, and they made him a very good offer. Not out, not blow everybody away offer, but a good solid offer, and you can judge that now by the other linebacker numbers that have come in. Uh, not an overpay, but he's not a bargain either. He didn't take a hometown discount, seeing as Chicago's his hometown to go there, uh, but he was out the door within 15 minutes of the start of free agency, and then they let Kaiser White go as well. That that does worry me a little bit, that the mm-hmm. Eagles so devalue the linebacker position in their defense. And this is an Eagle thing, not a uh, Eagles present defensive mindset thing because 
Uh, they changed their defense corner. They changed their overall philosophy when they hired Sirianni. No, this is an Eagle thing, that they have devalued linebackers for as long as they have. Now, they got T.J. Edwards. They picked him up as an unsigned free agent and turned him into a 130-tackle guy. But I guess they believe they'll just pick another one off the tree and he'll be just as good going forward. Well, so a lot of this, I think, is that the future success then relies on, and one of the guys I'm going to mention plays into this, the second-year guys now, the 2022 draft class stepping up. Because you didn't get much out of those guys last year. And the linebacker in that group is N'Kobe Dean, who's going to have to replace either Kaiser White or Edwards. Um he didn't play much at all last year. I The one game he played against the Cowboys, the game they lost out there, which is remembered for a lot of things, mostly Gardner Minshew spraying the ball in bad places. But as I recall, he played great that game, and he's going to have to be good. I don't know if you believe in him, if you ever did. Everybody thought they got such a bargain on him uh, when they got him in the third round, but he really didn't play much last year. So I think he's got to be good. He's, he's too – to offset what you're worried about, he's got to do well. And the other guy who has to do well, well, there's two. One is Jordan Davis, who's going to have to step in for Hargrave, a defensive tackle. I think he's a different kind of player, right? Jordan Davis is not going to have double-digit sacks probably any time in his career, but he can be that guy who just plugs up the middle and really help your defense. I thought he he started to play well last year. He got hurt, and they got better, and he was playing well, and he got hurt again. And then the third guy who's going to have to play well since you've lost Sayamalu, as great as the Eagles' offensive line is, now you've got Cam Jurgens. Everybody thinks you drafted him to be Kelsey's replacement, but Kelsey's not going to retire now, so Cam Jurgens should, I presume, play right guard. And I see those three guys as critical to them being good again next year. Absolutely right. And uh, in case you didn't know, I'm surprised uh, I haven't mentioned it on a Sunday with you my feelings about N'Kobe Dean. I love the kid. Love the kid. Mm-hmm. I sat here at home last year, Eagles draft. You're hosting the show down at uh, Eagles Tart. Now, do you do night two or just day one? Uh, no, we, I just do day one. Day one. Okay, so you, you were probably home screaming at the TV too. <laughs> I wanted him to take N'Kobe Dean in the second round. Yeah, I remember. When they he took Cam Jurgens. Yeah. And I'm going, I can't believe he's falling down here in the second round. This kid's going to be an all-pro middle linebacker. And Eagles pass on him. Now, I like Jurgens. I had had a guy, Dane Brugler, a uh, draft expert, who had told me the week before that he was the best center in the draft. Now, it was one that went uh, was drafted before him, and most people had rated as the uh, best center and, and Brugler and uh, uh, Jurgens as the second best. He said, no, he's the best center in the draft. So when they got him, I go, well, at least they got a player and they got value, and, yeah, at some point Jason Kelsey's going to stop playing. So I appreciated the pick. I just was perturbed that it wasn't N'Kobe Dean. And here we go in the third round, and he's still sitting on a board. And I, I can't believe that he's – I would have taken him 32 picks ahead of time. Afterwards, mm-hmm. how he comes out and says, well, it was between Jurgens and Dean Forrest in the second round. We just decided to go in the trenches, which we always do. And sure enough, Dean is sitting there in the third round. So I flat out love the kid, and I believe he's going to be a uh, very, very, very good linebacker, maybe a Pro Bowl-level linebacker. So I do believe that they uh, are well-suited to replace their guys. And nothing – I'm sorry, nothing in his rookie year, because he didn't really play much, nothing in his rookie year moved your mind on that at all. And and to add to that, 
if he was that good, as good as I'm claiming I believe he's going to be, why didn't he ever get on the field? Yeah. So it has to be one of two things. Either the Eagles didn't really see it just yet, or Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards were that good. Well, if they were that good, how'd you just let them both walk out the door as easily as you did? Mm-hmm. It, it's got to be one of those two things, and I don't know which one it is. Yeah, it's a bit of a concern. I thought Kaiser White started really well, faded toward the end of the year. I thought Edwards pretty well played well for most of the year. And, and yeah, we will we will see with that, and he is going to be a critical guy. Um, 215-592-9494. Let's get a call in here to start it out. John in Jersey wants to talk about the center. What's going on, John? Oh, this is me. This is me, John. I, I don't. Oh, I do want to talk about the center. I'm sorry. I've got three things going on all at the same time, and I'm here now. That's Boys, right. how are you doing good. today? Everybody good? Yeah, good. I do want to talk about the center. Actually, Glenn, I want to talk about you for the fact that you very intelligently defended the center and his desire to desire to return. You know, there's some contrarians uh, who might have a microphone, and mm-hmm. it seems like really nice guys, coworkers of yours, but. To say that the Eagles would be better off with Kelsey retiring is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And, Glenn, I'm so glad you went in there and spoke for all of the fans who said, what are you talking about, you knucklehead? Let me give the background on that. Um, so Joe Giglio, great guy, now does the Midday Show with Hugh Douglas on 94WIP. Has many strong opinions, some of which I agree with, many of which I scratch my head. And Joe was arguing that Jason Kelsey would do the Eagles a favor if he retired and didn't take $14 million in salary. We had the Eagles Town Hall on Wednesday, which was a lot of fun, up at McGurk's in uh, Horsham. And I got the opportunity to tell Joe he was out of his mind. Out of his mind, Glenn. Yes, yes. He's still the best center in the NFL. It's not like Jason Kelsey's coming off a bad year. He's coming off one of his best years ever. I have no reason to believe he will not be that good next year, anchoring the line, protecting Jalen Hurts, future of the franchise. So it was just, it was, and and again, I really like the guy on the radio, but. He gets. He has a little bit of a shock jock quality. If we're if we're speaking truth here, well, and I'm you just know, so glad. You, you, you can tell you can tell him that. I just thought on this, I will. On I know. Opinion, I don't want to he, complain about him. He but sustained I wanted to some you. head damage on this. I one. had yeah. a reminder on my phone for Sunday morning. From I said on Wednesday, I said call Glenn and tell him thank you for for saying that. So keep it up, guys. Let's have a great season. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, he was arguing. Joe Gillia was arguing that. Uh, Kelsey should retire. No, I, I heard his stance during the week and uh, took exception to it on uh, my show on either Monday or Tuesday night well, here on go. WIP. Hey. That's it, it, it's uh, I get the fact that you've got $14 million to spend somewhere else, but you want to bank on the potential drop-off to Cam. We don't know what Cam Jerkins is going to be. We all believe he's going to be good. They're asking him to make a positional change to guard which won't be easy but they did the same exact thing with dickerson and look what he turned out to be within two years he's already an all pro so if you believe the eagles are very good at evaluating teaching coaching stoutland university then they'll be perfectly fine but why bother why drop off from having the best center in the league uh it just makes no sense whatsoever so i i would have said the same exact thing you said at town hall on wednesday yeah and by the way now they have to they had to replace sam Alo. so you're going to go with jurgens and somebody else at right guard you've got this best line in the league you want to keep this intact this is this is your strength 
All right, Jody, let's take a minute here before the break. And uh, 215-592-9494, looking forward to talking to people today to kind of talk about what they still – actually, before we talk about what they still need to do, because they did have two signings this week. Let me ask – outsiders come in. Let me ask you what you think about that. Rashard Penny, very flashy stats, doesn't play a lot of games. Yeah, that's what do you an think? issue. That's a problem. Um Again, uh, my crystal ball is pretty good, but it's not all-seeing, all-knowing. Eight games, nine games, seven games, how many is Rashad Penny going to pay? If you could tell me exactly how many games he's going to play, I'll tell you whether I think it's a good signing or not. If he plays five again, then it's a bad signing. If he plays 11, then it's got a chance to turn out to be a great signing. Nobody knows, and this yeah. guy's got too much of an injury history where you have to factor it in. You can't just say, well, you, he might play all – yeah, and I might play all 18. I might be signed next week <laughs> and play all 18. Yeah, they, they, then reality sets in, and the reality is this guy's always hurt. He's very talented. When he plays, he's a big play player. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it enough. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think they'll, they'll use Gainwell more. Uh, it looked very good toward the end of the season into the playoffs. They're certainly banking that that's going to be part of it. And I would guess they're going to draft a running back. I mean, they don't have a lot of picks, but they'll probably get some picks. Fourth, fifth round, try to find somebody else. So it'll be running back by committee, and maybe the hope is you get 100 carries throughout the season from Rashard Penny, right? That would make it worthwhile. Uh, okay. And, and you go to fourth or fifth round. Of course, which the Eagles have neither of those two picks right, as know, of right I now. Know. So you got to trust Howie. You to know do they'll his make moves. Hall thing. Yes. Hey, they don't call him Howie for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. That really? You would, and you would never, never heard nobody that before. Ever, no, and, and if I, I fielded and, that call once, I fielded it 10 times over the years. So what would be an appropriate name for a general manager? like Bronco. Bro, yeah, I was going to say Butch. Yes. Right? He's got to be a tough guy, first name. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, well. Jeez. Sorry. I, n- I never knew such a thing. Uh, okay. The other deal, and we hope we don't see a lot of this guy, but chances are you will, is Marcus Mariota, um, who they get about seven years after Chip Kelly tried to trade up for him coming out of Oregon. Jody, the upside to me seems they has a very similar skill set to Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, that you don't have to change the offense if Hurts gets hurt, that Mariota can basically come in and do it. The downside is that this is his third change of scenery, right? Drafted by Tennessee, backed up the Raiders, then in Atlanta. Wasn't good in Atlanta, and a lot of a lot of backstory that he quit on the team when he was demoted to a backup. What's your overall assessment of Mariota signing? Well, number one, and I heard I was in the car. I caught some of you and Mike yesterday. Mike was a little bit more judgmental about the way he handled his business last year, getting the surgery rather than sticking around and being their backup for the last couple of games of the season. To do what? The Falcons weren't going anywhere. He knew he was leaving at the end of the year. He needed the surgery. I don't blame him at all for doing what he did. I know the whole you make the commitment for the entire year, you make the commitment until the team can no longer potentially make the playoffs, and then the rules kind of change. So I got no issues with him getting the surgery at the end of last year. I think it can only be a plus that he is the same type of quarterback, a very light version as compared to Jalen Hurts, but a guy who can run an RPO, pull the ball back, turn it upfield, move the chains, 
uh, the fact that he is similar in that vein to Jalen Hurts is only a plus as far as I'm concerned. And he wasn't great in Atlanta, but he wasn't terrible either. He wasn't the worst quarterback in the league. And you're bringing him in here to be the backup. You hope he never plays. But if he does, I'll give them a better chance to win games this year with Marcus Mariota than they had last year with Gardner Minshew. So for $5 million, when other backup quarterbacks are getting 10, Jared Stidham getting 10 to go to Denver and be their backup, they got a guy who fits. They got a guy who's still got game, not top game, not starter game, but game. And they get him for a reasonable price. I think Howie Roseman did a great job there. I generally agree. I don't know what happened in Atlanta. I think I did. It, it, not knowing the whole story, I don't want to be too judgmental on it, but it, it bothers me, I think, more than you because you're still getting paid. You, you do the right thing. Uh, but that aside, I think he is the right fit. And, and look, if you judge quarterbacks in the NFL, there's 32 teams, so the backup is the 33rd through 64th best quarterback in the league. He's probably better than the 33rd best quarterback in the league. He's probably somewhere in the 25 to 35 range. That's off the top of my head. But, yeah, I think as a backup, he's, he's a real good choice. So, All right, quick, All right. Quick, quick question for you before you go to break. Yeah. Put yourself in Mariota's shoes. Mm-hmm. You've been the starting quarterback. They've already gone to the guy who's going to replace you. He had already been uh, supplanted as the starting quarterback. You've got an injury that you know needs surgery, but if you continue to play in basically meaningless games, you can rip up your knee even worse and probably end your career. You would say, no, I can't get the surgery yet because I committed to this team. After they've moved you out as the starter to put you on the bench, but just in case, if you got to go into a game, you can screw up your knee and probably end your career. You say one for all, all for one for the team, or you say, what time can I show up at the doctor's office for the surgery? Well, he played the week before, and he was good enough to play the week before. So I don't know if the injury got that much worse from the previous game to the next game. And whether the team's in or out of it, yeah, I, I think you signed up to be with the team. If you needed that surgery that badly, you should have had it earlier. If not, wait to the end of the year. Yeah, that is that is how it is. Okay, I feel different. Okay, 215-592-9494. As we said, Todd Zalecki is going to join us at 11. We're going to talk some baseball with him. Ooh, a little bit going on in the World Baseball Classic last night. We'll even get to that. And at noon, Brian Balding or Jody. I booked Balding the other day, and then I said, you talked to him last night? I'm yes, your had him on my CBS Sports Radio show last night. Oh, well, I had no idea we were dipping. talking to him today. Yeah, he's going to double dip. We'll have Balding on at noon and your calls, as I said, 215-592-9494. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Embiid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joel Embiid with 22. Just pretty. Thank you, Kate Scott. A little Ala Abdul Nabi at the end in last night's Sixers roll again. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, 94 WIP. You can join us at 215-592-9494. Eight straight wins for the Sixers, Jody. Who put up 100, 140 points last night. Very Defense very optional these days in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Celtics lose in Utah. Sixers and Celtics now tied in the standings. Sixers have uh, slightly better percentage points. Celtics played two more games at one-on-one of those. You and I have had this conversation before, but I think we need to have it again. Um, given how the Sixers are playing, particularly Joel Embiid, by the way, he had 38 points last night in 29 minutes. He has now scored at least 30 points in each of his last nine games, the longest streak by a Sixers player in franchise history, breaking a tie with two guys named Chamberlain and Iverson. Um, let me start with Embiid, and then we'll get to the Sixers overall. Jody, are we watching the peak of a great career? Are we watching the defining season of Joel Embiid? Could very well be. Uh, I think he only, he only had 31 last night. He and Maxi both had 31. Uh, but you oh, I was correct. looking at the night before. <laughs> yeah, no. At 31 okay. last I night. I pulled it up on Twitter, and I'm realizing it's like, oh, that's 317. Yeah. But okay. his, his Sorry. ninth consecutive 30-point game, which has never been done before by a Philadelphia 76er. Uh, so, yeah, it's a historic season he's had. Quick aside, and I was on Monday night here on WIP and talking about Embiid, and I looked it up on my Bet Parks app, the MVP wagering. On Monday, Giannis, uh, Nikola Jokic was minus 305. Then you would add to bet $305 to win 100. And Embiid was plus 250. I checked my uh, Bet Parks app this morning, mm-hmm. and Embiid is now minus 181. He has gone from plus 250 to minus 181, uh, 182, and Jokic is up to plus 220. It has swung drastically in the yeah. MVP voting, and rightfully so. Embiid should absolutely be the favorite at this point over Jokic. Oh, by the way, Nuggets have lost five of their last six, while the Sixers have ripped off uh, the winning streak that they're on. Yeah, he's the MVP of the league. Uh, we don't have many of those here in Philadelphia. When they do have, happen, we should treasure them. He has been that good, and this is a different Sixer team. You mentioned 140 points. Sons Harden. Harden at, not even yeah. in the lineup last night, and they yeah. put up a 140 spot. So, yeah, this is a different Sixer team than those other years. Um, I don't know if you and I had started our uh, shows by when, – when did Ray officially walk away? May. May. Okay, so we had. Um, and I'm sure I did it with you. The cry for the bandwagon. I know you and I kind of agree on this. The word bandwagon has this negative connotation in Philadelphia. I'd never heard it used and thought that way when I moved here in 1990. It was like a four-letter word. 
How mm-hmm. dare you get on the yes. bandwagon? Yeah, Don't yeah, you yeah. even think about right. getting on the bandwagon. You weren't there back then. Correct. You can't come in now. Yes. And that I, is a, it, it, I, it is. It is I, I don't know if it's a Philadelphia thing, but it's definitely a thing here now. Yes. And well, it was then, too, uh, because it boggled my mind. I'm going, no, jumping on the bandwagon is a good thing. That means you're adding fans. More people are getting excited. More people are catching up, and you're getting that big a bigger a group together to root for a team. I always thought of it as a good thing, and it had this unbelievable negative connotation when I came to town in 1990, and I tried to convince people to get on the Philly bandwagon last August. I said, they're going to make the playoffs. They might not catch the Mets and the Braves, but they're going to make the playoffs, and it's something that hasn't happened in a decade. Get on now. And some did. They were a little slow, but as soon as the playoffs kicked in, they took it to another level. And I'm saying the same thing about the Sixers now. This is a different team. This is different. I'll eat my words if they win the first round, get bounced in the second round again. It'll be the same old Sixers. And there are some people that are still thinking along those lines. The show-me crowd, not going to believe it till I see it with my own eyes. I know what I've seen from this team all year and the way they're playing right now. And uh, they, they should be considered an absolute NBA championship contender. It is something to see. And I understand still the skepticism because of what's happened the last couple of years. You know, they, they put your hand on a hot stove once, twice. Are you ready to do it a third time? But I do think the team is different. I want to play something. This is uh, Pacers coach Rick Carlisle talking to the media about uh, Joel Embiid. And you talked about MVP. Well, Rick Carlisle's been around this league for about a thousand years. Here's here's what he had to say. Francisco, we got he, that he, right okay. now. He's probably the MVP, you know, with what their team is doing and and how he's just elevated his game. Um, and he, he's as difficult a guy to game plan, plan for as as there is in the game. I mean, Giannis is crazy ridiculous. You know, Jokic is you know, same. And, and this guy may, may be even more difficult, you know, if, if that's possible. Uh, but he's, you know, he had 31 points in three, in th- less than three quarters and just made, made it, made it look like he wasn't even trying to do it. And, and, uh, you know, we threw a lot of different things at him. And so he just, he's a great player. You know, he's a, he's a walking NBA cheat code right now. He's just that good. I love that line. He is a walking NBA cheat code. <laughs> yeah, you can't cheat against him. And, yeah. and and Carlisle wasn't lying there. First half, they doubled him almost every single possession. They ran somebody at him every single possession. So Joel dispersed the ball. He only had four assists, but it seemed like more. There were a lot of those hockey assists in there. Pass that leads to a pass that leads to a basket. The second half, they decide, all right, well, they abused us doing that in the first half, so let's try and mono him up one-on-one, and he just went off in the third quarter. So, yeah, that there is no response. There is no answer to Joel Embiid if you are the opposition these days. Ryan Spader, my friend, I don't know if, I don't know if you know him, great stack guy, Ace of Spader mm-hmm. on Twitter. He's, 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 he's mostly a baseball guy, but he, he put up a stat that Joel Embiid has – played just 70 more minutes this season than he has scored points. The last player to score a point a minute in the NBA was Wilt, and that would be 62 years ago. Not That's impossible. pretty damn impressive. That. Yeah. That. Uh, anyway, last thing I want to say is, is to me, so much of what's going to happen in the playoffs depends on Tyrese Maxey, right? Because 
if you count on Embiid to be great in the playoffs, which hasn't always occurred, but let's say it will, and you count on Harden to play not like he played last year in the playoffs, but like he is when he's vintage James Harden, you still need that third guy. And Tyrese Maxey, boy, and during this winning streak has been great. 20 points in 17 minutes the other night. Um, he's really had a nice run during this thing, the injection of speed, youth that he gives. I love that kid. When he is on, he's just so much fun. And there have been times, Glenn, like uh, when Harden has missed games. Now, last night, Max was good scoring the ball. He wasn't necessarily their number one dispenser of the ball. I actually think that was more Embiid than anybody else. He ended up with seven assists. I, I, some people suggest that that's a bad thing, that he's not a true point guard. And when they ask him to be a point guard, it takes away from him. Yeah, it took away from him so badly last night. He, he put up 31 in 35 minutes. Uh, no, I think – the, and it, I don't think it's by design. I think Doc has kind of fallen into this. Asking Maxie to do more has helped him grow his game. And he's a more well-rounded player because of it. And I think the Sixers will benefit from that for, come playoff time. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk to Matt out in uh, Davis, California. Got an East Coast to college out there, Matt. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, always nice to have the Internet uh, allow us Philadelphia fans to be long distance. That you Odyssey, guys are, that Odyssey app is terrific. So yes, is. go on. You, you you guys are on a roll this morning. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to pull everything together, but the whole idea of bandwagon just pulled it together. I'm absolutely on the MB bandwagon. But if we go back to the six to the Eagles, the thing about bandwagon is, and it it, it applies. You were a hundred percent right, I think, on Mariota, Jody. Uh, the the bandwagon on Sirianni and the way he handles his players and the rest that he gives, I think we're going to see much better than historical out of both Mariota and uh, especially out of uh, Penny. Uh, I see eleven good games out of Penny. They're not going to overwork him. They're going to they're going to get the most out of him. And we'll we'll see the statistical penny as opposed to the injured reserve penny as the year goes on. But that's the optimist, and that's the bandwagon okay. guy. It's good. Like now, the, it. the the one name that you didn't mention as you were talking is that if you go back in time to uh, the second year of T.J. Edwards, you know, and think about what we had. Think about Christian Ellis right now. Christian Ellis, who came out of Idaho and therefore was uh, had to prove himself. You look at his trajectory last year as a rookie. By the time he was done, he was a special teams ace and looking very good as a linebacker. And, and I see uh, a whole lot of good coming from Christian Ellis right up to the possibility of being the starter besides Dean. And, uh, you know, you get it. You get the next the next generation at a right. I think you're price. asking. I think you're asking a lot there uh, based on faith, which is OK. I Jody, I haven't seen what he has seen. You No. Um, I watch every single Eagle game. I don't go back and break down every Thanks, single man. play in slow motion thereafter. But it, Christian Ellis had 11 tackles this year. I, I'm guessing nine or ten of them came on special teams. So he made two tackles from the line of scrimmage, 
else, but somehow he's seen the fact that he's ready to blossom as a linebacker this year for the Eagles. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying we have not seen it. It didn't happen. If you're projecting because he became a key element to their special teams coverage, when you give him a chance to play linebacker, he's going to be good at it. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but that's the way you have to come out. You can't tell me you saw Christian Ellis play good linebacker last year because he didn't. No, no, maybe, maybe he will, but there is there is not uh, conclusive evidence there uh, that he is going to do so. So we'll see. Caller's got faith. Maybe he will be right. Uh, coming up at eleven, we're going to talk to Todd Zalecki about all things Phillies and Major League Baseball. But next, Jody McDonald. As we know, grew up Yonkers, New York, New York Jets fan. Something's going to happen with that team. I want to test Jody's, I don't want to say his fan loyalty, but how he feels about what's going to be a big deal with his New York Jets and the NFL and how it's going to affect the NFC. 215-592-9494. He's Jody. I'm Glenn. A 94 WIP. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Jordan McDonald, Glenn McNouse. Sunday morning, 94 WIP. Uh, let me get a call in, and then I do want to discuss this Aaron Rodgers stuff. Bruce is with us. Hello, Bruce. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, this is my first time calling your show. but you, Thank uh, you, man. I, yeah, I, I usually call uh, Marks and Reese in, in, the, in the afternoons, but you're talking about this uh, bandwagon subject. just got my attention. I need to talk to you guys a little more. But anyway, um, I, I – uh, I want, I've been one of those fans that have been just so disappointed with Doc and his leadership and the machinations of the Sixers, and, and, and I'm just deeply scarred by the second-round exits. But I, I got to agree this year that uh, it's, a, it's a different team. And one of the things that I appreciated with Doc is that he has um, uh, gotten Maxie more involved in the starting role. Uh, and that has definitely made a difference with, along with Joel's uh, improved play. So, um, but my only my only issue is two two things, and and, and I think this is going to be a challenge in the playoffs for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Is Tobias Harris? He is the one part of the team that is going to probably hold us back, and and and, and the bench is another one. I, we, we, I mean, for them to get to the, make it to the championship okay. round. All right, let's get into yeah. that. All right, Jody Tobias. Okay. By the way, Tobias Harris had a good game last night, but Jody is Tobias Harris. Are you concerned about what he his performance in the playoffs, given what nope. you've seen before? No. Nope. I okay. think Tobias Harris is what he is. He's blatantly yeah. overpaid, and mm-hmm. we all look at him through that light, and it's fair. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it is what it is. It's kind of a spent cost. He is now your fourth-best player. And if the fourth-best player is going to be the difference between you winning or losing when you get to the playoffs, then there's a problem to begin with. Tobias Harris is a good player. He's a borderline very good player. He's paid like a great player, and that he surely is not. But I, I, I don't think Tobias Harris will be the difference between what the Sixers accomplish or don't accomplish in the postseason. 
All right, let's get into this Aaron Rodgers thing. And I'm going to start it with uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis were doing their podcast the other day, the New Heights podcast, which is like this national sensation, one of the most popular podcasts in the country. And great. I listened to it, and it is terrific. And they were talking, and one of the reasons it's great is because they're very candid about how they'll talk about other players. You know, other typically pro athletes are very protective of their own. A list of demands hostage situation. Interesting they would say that. Um, it hasn't happened yet, Jody. I think everybody expects it will. The, you know, the Packers want more than the Jets want to give, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My question to you is this. Uh, you're a lifelong New York Jets fan. You've been through this before. You certainly were through a nearly identical situation with Brett Favre. How many years ago was that? 12, 14? Yeah, however more many. than a decade. Yeah, how many years ago that was? And now you've got an aging but still effective Aaron Rodgers who wants to come in and kind of take over the team. How do you feel about that? Well, uh, first thing first, and it was a couple days ago, as uh, the Kelsey boys pointed out, right now he's not holding anybody hostage. Uh, He's gone on record and says he wants to play for the Jets. So now it's on the Jets and the Packers to work out a deal. Uh, uh, For a lengthy period of time in the darkness – uh, he was holding everybody hostage, Aaron Rodgers, as he needed to figure <laughs> out that was, yeah. where his life was taking him. Yeah, and what We all the, got to hear every detail of that one. Football gods were going to advise him to do uh, in uh, Zen terms. Um, so it's, that, that's not the case anymore. Has he been the guy who's dragged both of these teams around by the nose during this entire procedure? Oh, yeah, yes. And I have concerns about it if and when the deal gets done. Not the fact that he can still play, because I still think he can play. Is he the best quarterback, the most talented quarterback, as he once was for a good part of his run? Yes. Even though Brady was the best quarterback, the most talented quarterback, it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's close to that still. So it's a major upgrade for the Jets. Zach Wilson can't play. Um, So if you can do it, you have to do it. And even if the way that he has handled this has annoyed you, at some point you just got to get over and go, all right, we got a major upgrade at quarterback. We're a better team because of we got a chance to make the playoffs, something we haven't done in years. You have to just hold your nose and accept it because he absolutely does make you a better team. That's what you'll do. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the rooting for the laundry, right? That's what we all to, do. To draw a parallel. The Eagles signed Michael Vick years ago. Yeah, I know. And Michael Vick Vick was a very bitter pill to swallow for a lot of Eagle fans. What Michael Vick did was certainly worse than Aaron Rodgers going on his darkness retreat was. Uh, And a lot of Eagle fans just accepted it. They might not have liked it, but they accepted it. And took me a, by the way, let me just say, it took me a long time. He didn't come in and start. It took me a long time, and I think Vick – Kind of showed that he had, you know, Rick. Rick really did work to to um, absolutely to, to get to get past all that. But yeah, it is. You do root for guys you don't like. It is part of being a sports fan. And when he's the quarterback, man, and when he's as high profile as Rodgers, is he's gonna he will definitely change that franchise. AFC East can be interesting next year. The AFC in general, they yeah. they've got all the good quarterbacks. <laughs> it's so funny. You all go back one. 12, 12 <laughs> months ago, Glenn, and say. Where does Jalen Hurts rank in the quarterbacks in the NFC? Middle of the pack, somewhere thereabouts, maybe the top half, you could have said. 
he is now so far and away number one in the NFC, it's scary. Yep. Nobody else is even in his neighborhood. Nope. And everybody else, sans Brady, sans Aaron Rodgers, are now fighting for a distant second behind Jalen Hurts as the best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, let's get Kevin up here. Wants to talk a little uh, Eagles draft. What do you got, Kev? How you doing from Oviedo, Florida, home of Blake Bortles and Zach Eflin? Well, well, two for two. All right. Yeah. <laughs> now, while wow, wow, walking dog in the freezing cold of 54 degrees in Florida, thinking of you guys like I do every Sunday. Hey, just my question for you is, do you, what circumstances do you think it would take for Howie to draft like a Bijan in one of those two picks? Oh, no. It would, what would it have to take? It would have to take Bijan Robinson dropping down several rounds. I cannot envision them taking a running back in the first round. Just don't. No way I see that at all. Uh, as a possibility, I think the priorities are going to mostly be defense, edge rusher, cornerback, uh, maybe a defensive tackle. I don't think – I mean, their, their history – I can't imagine – I don't even know the last running back they drafted in the first round. Not in the last 25 years. Right. I was Keith Byers probably when Buddy Ryan did it. Yeah, who blatantly lied and said, well, I have no <laughs> desire to take a guy like Medical Keith Byers. And then he went and took Keith Byers. Um I will not completely dismiss the possibility. Here's the only way it happens, and I would say the percentage chance on this, number one, just the fact that it happens is about 1%, and then the chance that the Eagles actually act on it is still less than 50-50. If somehow Robinson drops down to 30, they use their pick in the first one. Maybe they drop down a couple spots. They take another positional player somewhere else, but they, they don't just completely trade out of that top half of the draft and they're still sitting there at 30, and they've gotten a player they really like in the first spot. And B. John Robinson, who I had a draft guy on a couple of weeks ago, has him ranked as the third best overall player in the draft, ahead mm-hmm. of any of the quarterbacks, only the two D, D, uh, end guys, uh, defensive line guys, uh, Anderson of Alabama and Carter from Georgia, has him as the third most just purely talent football player, position uh, disregarded, has him the third best player. If he's still sitting there at 30 and you've got that pick and you don't have a true RB1, then maybe just maybe how he gets too tempted and has to take him. But that's the only way it happens. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Todd Zalecki, MLB.com. Got a little baseball into the agenda for the day. By the way, Phillies baseball coming up after us at 1 o'clock. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The 0-2 to Turner, and he throws this one deep left field. Trey Turner, grand slam, home run on an 0-2 pitch. The United States takes a 9-7 lead. So that was last night in Miami, uh, Team USA versus Team Venezuela, seventh inning, USA down 7-5, bases loaded. By the way, uh, bases loaded. Joe, I don't know if you say after JT Real Muto gets drilled, stares down to pitcher. Uh, Silvino Bracco comes in, 0-2 pitch down the pipe. Trey Turner hits it out of there, getting me all excited about it. Let's check in with our favorite baseball guy, Todd Zalecki from MLB.com. Todd, I don't. I know you are covering the Phillies on a very um, assiduous basis, uh, but I'm sure you keep an eye on that World Baseball Classic. I have to tell you, there's been criticism of it. I really like it. I think it adds so much spice to the spring. What are your thoughts? 
I agree. I, I really do like it. I was watching the game last night. You talked to players, or yeah, I'm sh- I should say I've read quotes from players who are there, and they say they love it. JT Realmuto, actually, after the game last night, said, I don't know why in the world any player would want to be in spring training rather than playing in the World Baseball Classic if he had the opportunity. And I thought that was a pretty strong quote from JT. And any everybody who has played in it, Garrett Stubbs just came back from Team, Team Israel. He said it's like the most fun he's ever had playing baseball. In a, or I should say that baseball in like the purest sense of like Little League vibe, you know, just playing for each other, playing for your country. Um, so I enjoy it. Everybody that has been at one of those games says the atmosphere is just insane. And so, you know, loud atmosphere, a lot at stake. Everybody seems to be enjoying it. Let me play devil's advocate. I've known been known to do this before, so why not again now? <laughs> if you're a Met fan and you just gave Edwin Diaz the biggest closer contract in the history of baseball and he hurts himself jumping up and down and rips his patella tendon and is done for the season, oh, I can see a downside to the WBC. Am I being unfair? Yeah, honestly, Jody, yeah, I, I, I think – these freak injuries can happen anywhere. It's funny. We were just talking to Dave Dombrowski about this, and he said, yeah, you obviously wish nobody would get hurt playing the WBC, but he's like, crazy things happen in spring training. Guys blow out. Um, guys suffer season-ending injuries in spring training. They happen during the season. I mean, remember David Robertson last season uh, in game two of the wild card series pulled, blew his hammy out celebrating Bryce Harper's home run at, at Bush Stadium. So, uh they can crazy injuries can happen anywhere, um, and so I guess that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I think I Edwin Diaz could have got hurt just as easily in Port St. Lucie as he could have there. I, I I don't see. I know he you know he was celebrating, but that happens. By the way, you talked about uh, Garrett Stubbs, my my Lonsman, uh, and he did. Hey, he had a blast representing Israel and said he heard from. Jewish people all over the world after that game-winning right. hit against Nicaragua. So that that is very cool. Uh, all right, let's get to the Phillies a little bit. Rotation. Um, Mitch, Mick Abel, excuse me, who's the number two prospect, uh, Phillies prospect, and I think he's a top 50 overall prospect in MLB, got, got mm-hmm. to pitch last night. Apparently looked very, very good. I know they don't plan to have him be up on the major league roster right away as they were hoping with Andrew Painter, but what did you see from Abel and is it possible he could contribute this year? I, I think it's I, I think it's possible he could contribute this year. Now, uh Dave Dave Dombrowski we just again talked to him about McAbel and he said in any other camp this guy would be the story, whereas, you know, now he's in camp with Andrew Painter and everybody's talking about Andrew Painter. He's not as close as Andrew is. I think they want him to continue to refine refine himself, throw more strikes, kind of learn learn to how to throw his secondary pitches a little bit better. But, but Dave Dombrowski said just a few minutes ago, this guy is number one ace type stuff. Like, he is super, super high on Nick Abel. And that's why I did ask the question, can you see him coming up at some point because of these rotations, you know, lack of starting pitching depth that they seem to have right now. And he kind of backed off that a little bit and said, you know, he needs some more, he needs some more seasoning right now in the minor leagues. So let me ask you along those lines, what did Painter do last year that has him 
the way you're describing it and the way you're describing Dave Dombrowski describe it, that Painter is so far ahead of Abel. What are they basing that on? Well, I, I think it's his ability to well, – A, his stuff is ridiculous. He's got you know, fastball that touches 99. He's got a lot of great secondary pitches, all-plus secondary pitches. He can throw those pitches for strikes. Uh, and the other thing is I think he's a little bit more advanced than Nick Abel because Andrew Painter grew up in South Florida, and so he plays baseball year-round. And the, the competition in Florida is insanely good, whereas Nick Abel – played high school baseball in Oregon uh, where it's not as good. And he also, uh, his senior year of high school was 2020. So he had a senior year canceled. So it's weird because he's older than Andrew Painter, but from a development standpoint, he's a, just a tad behind. But I think a start like he had last night in Northport against the Braves is, is definitely encouraging when you think about Painter and Abel and, and what might be coming down the road. So let's talk about the rotation now uh, as they go into the season because uh, Ranger Suarez is dinged up. Uh, Painter, I guess the there is optimism that, that the injury he has is not going to require surgery and he'll be back sometime soon. Um, but also, I guess, Sanchez, Nelson. they got a lot of pitchers who are kind of not looking real healthy. What do you right. see as the rotation when the season starts? What is it, two weeks? It's two weeks from now, isn't it? Oh yeah, March goodness. 29th, March Hello, 30th. Hello, less than yeah. two weeks. Sweet. Less than two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be Nola, I project, will be the opening day starter, followed by Wheeler. Uh, and then after that, it might be Taiwan Walker's in there, of course. He's pitching right now for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. And the Phillies did get some good news or more good news today on Ranger Suarez. He threw again today. It went really well. And Dave Dombrowski said he sees no reason why Ranger will not be in the rotation that first week of the season. So maybe doesn't maybe they give him an extra day to build up. He will be limited when he comes out. He was limited coming out of spring last year. So, you know, he's not going to go out his first start and throw six innings. He might throw three, maybe four. Uh, but that is certainly good news. And I think – you know, Dave was not ready to anoint uh, Bailey Falter as the number five starter, but at this point, it would be stunning if it's anybody else. Really, the only other, uh, only other competition in camp is Michael Plasma, and I think he's probably best served starting in AAA and being a depth guy if another another guy gets dinged up. Very interesting. You kind of snuck that in there on me. You think Arenola is going to be the opening day starter? I have no issue with that, but I know some people who will who say the Phillies have an ace, and his name is Zach Wheeler, and Aaron Nola is no better than a 1A. I think they have two aces, and if Aaron Nola happens to be the one who starts opening day, I'm cool with that, but I'm not sure everybody is. How have you come to that determination? How have the Phillies come to that determination? Well, I base it just off the fact that so far this spring, the way it's lined up, Nola has Wheeler's always followed Nola in terms of what day they've been pitching this spring. Uh, I asked Rob Thompson. There was a game late last month in Bradenton. Uh, it was kind of half kidding, half serious. I said, are you ready to name uh, Nola your opening day starter yet? Because uh, he started the last five. And he kind of said, no, not quite yet. But you can pro- mm-hmm. you know, he kind of hinted that you can kind of figure out who it's going to be. So, I, I, you know, I, you're right, though. I mean, Wheeler is tremendous. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball, but Nola has also been one of the better pitchers in baseball. And I think I think it's it's going to be Nola. Todd Zalecki is our guest. He's the Phillies beat writer for MLB.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Zalecki, Z-O-L-E-C-K-I. 
Not a lot of jobs up for grab. You know, they're not uh, not a whole lot of intrigue there. But a couple of bench jobs. I know Derek Hall has been having mm-hmm. a great spring. Uh, Scott Kingry in the final year of his six-year deal is playing very well. I guess Jake Cave's in there. Give me the uh, – we know the lineup. Give me give us the uh, backups who will make this team. Yeah, so, you know, Garrett, it's going to be Garrett Stubbs, uh, Josh Harrison, Edmundo Sosa. Those are the three locks for their mm-hmm. for the five bench jobs. And you mentioned Derek Hall, tremendous spring. Scott Kingery's played really well. Jake Cave has been, like, hitting like he's trying to win Grapefruit League MVP. He's had a tremendous spring. Uh, then you have Cody Clemens, who they got in the Gregory Soto deal. And Dalton Guthrie, who was up late last season and played pretty well at the Phillies, were pretty excited about him. He got off to a really slow start, but he has really been playing well lately. And in talking to Dave Dombrowski earlier, he said in in these rooms, you know, because they talk about you get in rooms together pretty much every day and discuss. He's like, if I ask six, seven guys uh, in my front office, baseball operations department, who would you pick for those final two spots? He's like, I might get five or six different answers from each of those guys. Because uh, you can make, you really can make a good case for pretty much everybody. I think they really want a right-handed hitter to back up Brandon Marsh in center field. And if you look at that, then you say, all right, that's either Dalton Guthrie or Scott Kingery. Um, Cody Clemens can play all over. Dalton Guthrie can play all over. Scott Kingery can play all over. Uh, you know, Jake Cave can play all three outfield positions. Derek Hall, if he, if he makes a team, it's going to be because he's really hit well, and they think they can just run him out there as a DH, occasional first baseman, and just go hit a bunch of home runs until Bryce Harper is back. Uh, for me, I think it would be – I would probably go with right now, I would go with Derek Hall and, and Scott Kingery. Because uh, Kingery can play infield and outfield. He can play center field very well. He's played a lot of center field this spring. So that would be my guy. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Dalton Guthrie makes the roster either. And I will say this as well as a caveat – they're talking to other teams. They're letting teams know that they're, you know, interested if a right-handed hitting outfielder becomes available. So keep an eye on that as well. Jody, it sounds to me like he. Yeah. Oh, hold on, Jody. It sounds to me like he said everybody's going to make the team. Yeah. A lot of vacillating in that. With Todd Zalecki, normally with the straightforward answers, I heard every name at least four times there. So, that's <laughs> all right, so I would let me say see. right now, I would pick Kingerine Hall. I would pick Kingerine Hall. Very good. All right. Uh, let me see if I can tie him down even further. Um, so I'm going to ask you to read the mind of the manager and the organization in general. In the month of April, on any given day that Derek Hall and Reese Hoskins are both in the lineup, why will Reese Hoskins be the first baseman and Derek Hall be the DH? Uh, that's a good That's a good question because, you know, uh, Reese certainly has had his, his struggles defensively. But I will say this. I think internally, while they acknowledge that Reese has his issues at times, they don't – they like some of the things that he's been doing this spring. And depending on what metric you use, and I, they, they look at all of them, he wasn't necessarily as bad as the, as the average Joe like me might think or that you might think or anybody might think. So – I think they want to get him out there more often than not. But, yeah, I think Derek Hall can go out there and play some first base, certainly, and, and get Reese Hoskins off his feet. So I think you could see some of that if, if Derek does make the opening day roster. Yeah, I think that's the metric of watching the game with your eyes closed. That would be the metric that they must be using. <laughs> uh, all right, Todd, of everything we ask, this may be the most important question. Jody McDonald and I have a bet going into the season, a big dinner bet, and the bet is – 
Will stolen bases be up 10% or more this year? I know early in spring training, there was a whole lot of talk about everybody's running. As you're looking at it now, as we're getting closer to the season, I don't even know if you know who has which side of the bet, but where do you see that coming down? That's a great line. 10% is a great number because, you know, a little higher, I might say under, a little lower, I would have said over. Um, I, I think I will say over. Uh, I think that's the expectation. <laughs> I think I'll say over that. But but I, I was talking with Garrett Stubbs about this early in camp, and he made a good point. He's like, you know, last year in the minor leagues, stolen bases went way up with the bigger bases and some of these new rules and this and that. He's like, and I think you're going to see a lot in spring training because people are just going to run. But he's like, I, this is Garrett Stubbs speaking. He says, I don't think it's going to be as crazy as a lot of people think because I think once you get into a big league game, where the results really matter. He's like, they don't matter in the minor leagues. You just want guys to run just to get a feel for it. He's like, I don't know if it's going to be as crazy as everybody thinks it's going to be once the regular season starts. But 10%, I might take the over. I go. think it's You limit the pickoff moves. You li- limit the disengagements. That's a, it. A, yes, that's a, to me, that's the key more than the bases is that. Yeah, you it's going to be tougher for stuff. pitchers to hold them. Yeah, Yeah, because like, take a guy like Aaron Ola, for instance. He's really – really slow to the plate, really slow to the plate. That's why he throws a ton of pickoff moves to try to control the running game. Now he's only got two shots. So now if Noah throws over twice and you can run, you might you might think of it, well, you might think of it if JT's not behind the plate. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 but let me just add this in defense of my under. Are you telling me that a pitcher will never throw over a third time? Uh, well, the, 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 the risk there is, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but the risk there is he has to, then that guy has to be an out. Otherwise, correct. Otherwise he walks down to second base, which, oh, by the way, is not a stolen base. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that, that is true. That is true. But I feel like they will rather almost take their chances of a, you know, whatever success rate of, of a runner, um, you know, getting thrown out rather than giving him the automatic automatic walk to second base. So that's that's I guess that would be my thought on it. All right, last one. Though. Last one for me, uh, Todd. You are down in uh, Southwest Florida around the Tampa area, and uh, like my pal Jody Mack, I had the pleasure of having you co-host a couple of my beer shows with me. What's brewing yeah. to be seen on NBC Sports Philadelphia? Jody's actually premiere next week. Uh, for people, there are still people here who are going down to spring training. Give them a little bit of the beer scene and where they need to go. So if you're, if you are a beer lover and Glenn, I thank you so much. Cause you really got me thinking Dunedin this spring. Joe six pack got me turned on to Dunedin. Yeah. There are eight breweries within a mile of each other in downtown Dunedin. And wow. they're all I very didn't know good. that. Yes, there are eight breweries. I, I say seven breweries, one distillery, within with literally within a one mile walk of one another. My very, very, very favorite is a place called Seven Sun Brewery. Uh, it is the beers there are fantastic. It's a great place to relax a little bit after a long day of work or a long day of watching baseball. You're living large, my friend. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> Todd, it's always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. See you. Uh, there See, you go. Now, I've gone to Dunedin many a time. Yep. Two reasons. Number one, to go watch the Phillies or whoever else playing Tampa. I've been there for uh, 
other games, the Blue Jays train in, in Dunedin. So uh, I know exactly how to get from either St. Petersburg or Tampa or Clearwater up to Dunedin where the ballpark is. I know uh, the, the, the way like the back of the hand. Don't have to use Waze or anything else. I can just drive there. I know it well enough. Or it's actually still technically in Tampa, but I think part of the track is actually in Dunedin. Tampa Bay Downs is right there as well. Uh, and I, I can get to the track, the same thing, with my eyes closed. And I, I never went to Dunedin to drink. I, it's either go lose money at the track or go watch a baseball game. Well, I've never been to any of these uh, eight, did he say eight breweries eight, in a mile yeah. walk? Well, it's, and it's Holy all new. Mackerel. It's all It's all new. And by the way, going to the track or going to watch baseball and drinking beer can all be pretty well interrelated. Um, yeah, yeah so no, no. I, I lose money sober. You think I'm going to do well with a couple of pops in me? No, that would that would be a bad idea for yours truly. Yeah, not to turn this show into too much of a beer show, but it is all that scene down there is all very new. Florida has kind of been late to the craft beer scene, but is getting there now. Cigar City, which is down in Tampa, is a great brewery. That I've been, there been for a while. to. Yeah, and there's all this new stuff. And and Joe Sixpack, who you know, who I do the TV show with, is uh, very onto that stuff and says Dunedin. That's where the scene is. And so very cool. Todd's fine. And by the way, you know what I learned about you? What's that? You don't use Waze. No. If I, I may tell yeah. the story, when you came to do uh, the beer show with me in Ardmore, you had a difficult time finding a place. And I said, Jody, just put it on Waze. You're like, I don't use Waze. I said, what do, you, what do you use, Google Maps? I don't use Google Maps. No, I do, but I write them down before I leave the house. Uh, and then sometimes you, you can't either understand your own sc- check and scratch or you make a, a wrong turn or whatever. See, I'm a So you don't leave it on in your car? You do I'm a before. distracted driver. Uh. I have trouble staying on the road just normally. <laughs> and if I got to be paying attention to my phone while trying to drive, well, yeah, I might actually get there quicker, or I could drive into a brick wall before I actually get <laughs> I to my destination. Uh. So I wanted to get to you in one piece, so that's why I didn't bother. Uh, well, I'm glad. In that case, I'm glad that you did. I got to tell you, I and it's just I I have ways on literally all the time, even when I don't need it. Like if I'm driving from the office to home, which I could do with my eyes closed. Don't do that. Uh, I still have it on, and I, I it's it's now become such a part of my life. If there's traffic, it'll get me out of the traffic. Or if I'm to me, my problem when I'm driving is I start daydreaming, and then I'll miss my turn. I'll think of something else. I go, oh, geez, I drove right up past the exit. That will always tell me when to get off. So I've become entirely reliant on it. Yeah, I I try and stay away from slave labor any way that I can. And, yes, if you become a slave to your ways, it can be disadvantageous. I work with more people who have cell phone limitations than anybody I know. You you are, I will tell you this, you are more advanced than Ray Didinger in this regard. There you go. All right. I'm not in last. That's what I like to hear. 215-592-9494. We open up the phones if you uh, want to get in about any of the things we've been talking about. A lot of uh, Eagles football. we got the Sixers, and now we added the baseball. And coming up, Jody Mick. And we, by the way, we'll talk about some March Madness, too. But we're going to do what we're watching. Jody McDonald has watched the first episode of uh, the new season of Ted Lasso. We'll get his report on that for what we're watching. 215-592-9494. Jody Mack, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Oh, somebody changed that one. I like the other one. 
Anyway. I do, but it's good to hear Heisenberg again. Yes. It's never a bad thing to hear Heisenberg's voice. I, can't, I think there's two versions of that, of the Jody Mack, what we're watching. And it is always good to hear Heisenberg. But the other one is actually, uh, uh, it's got uh, got some other fun voices in it. Anyway, 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 Jody McDonald, I do at some point want, today want to talk about watching the tournament. But I know that you had the opportunity this week to watch the first episode of season three of the Apple TV smash hit Ted Lasso. I've not yet gotten it. I uh, gotten that opportunity. So I want to hear what you thought. Um, you're better at the whole streaming thing than I am. I'm not bad, but uh, you stay more on top of it. Know the new shows. And I think you probably check it out more often than I do. I, I will suggest the only reason why I knew the first episode of the new season of Ted Lasso was out was because it was on Comcast as an alert. As I'm going through the guide to just see the channels, it uh, had a little general reminder at the bottom of the screen. I said, oh, shoot, Ted Lasso's back. So I made a mental note, and I, I did tune in, and I did see it. I'm pretty sure I get my TV suggestions from either you or my daughter, one or the other. If, if I find a new show go. or try a new show, it's because of a suggestion from my pal Glenn and or my daughter Maddie. Um, and I did not watch the first season of Ted Lasso, missed it completely. So when I tuned into it on either your or Maddie's suggestion in season two, I, I think it was during the actual season itself, so I had to do the wait once a week thing for the last couple episodes somewhere along those wait, lines. Wait, did you not go back and watch season one? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, I oh went okay. back, all right. binged gotcha. all of season one, then Got caught it. up with season two. Yeah, okay. And by that point, I think they were most of the way through the season, so I had to wait for a couple episodes. Man, it's good. It just It's one of the best shows on television. Sudeikis' character is one of the best. All the supporting characters are great. And you and I both, neither one of us major soccer fans, but it's not really about soccer. It's about the relationship of the individuals and – is just a, a tremendous show. And the first episode of season one, without giving too much away, absolutely a hit. Picked up right where it left off. You just within 10 minutes, you remember what all the characters are about and how they interact and everything else. Major thumbs up for the first episode of Ted Lasso. Great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, the thing with it was when season one came out, it was right when we were in the pandemic and nobody could do anything, nobody could go anywhere. And everybody was really just down and depressed. And it was this really nice, sweet show with, you know, these nice people. And it was a huge hit. And I thought, I wonder if it was, this is when I'm watching season one, after I watch season one, is it as good as we all thought or is it just like the show we needed at this time? And so then when season two came out and we we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, I thought, well, we'll see. And season two was good. Maybe not quite as good as season one, but still very, very solid. And I am I'm glad to hear that you think they can keep it up with season three because um, he's such a great character, and I agree with you. The supporting characters are very good, um, but sometimes shows just will run out of steam. Um, and I'm I'm glad that you liked the first episode. I'm looking forward to it. Quick question for you. Um, yeah. And again, I just caught up with this again. This one I know directly. I got from my uh, my daughter. The the nine o'clock show on HBO. We all know the nine o'clock Sunday hour is where they put their best shows and award winning shows and stuff like that. Um, and I had not been tracking this one. Mm -hmm. Succession has come. Have you and I ever discussed Succession? I don't know, but I love it. I'm very eager to see it come back. I was last very, season. 
I, I used to talk uh, a lot about uh, it with our good friend, God rest his soul, Big Daddy Graham. Because yeah. I talked Big Daddy into watching it. And I love the line that I came up with. It is my favorite show of all time where I do not like any of the characters. <laughs> yeah. there, there isn't one no, redeemable, redeemable character on the entire show. No. None. None that you can run for. You took an Ofer with all the characters, uh, yet the show is phenomenal. Yeah, there is nobody to like. Not the, one. The, the dopey cousin is not as Gre- bad Greg as the Diag others. Greg Egg but... is, is the least reprehensible yeah, of the crew. Yeah, but he that's only because he's so dumb. He's, he's not... He's so, not doesn't have a moral compass. He's just kind of dumb. Exactly right. Uh, I agree, and that is good. The one that just finished that was in that slot recently that I watched was The Last of Us. Last of Us. That's what I was going to ask you about. Um, My daughter told me I had to watch it. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So I got to tune in. Um, Yeah, your daughter and I, man, we see it all alike, don't we? Yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, The first episode, I was like, Really? Yeah, this is a it. show I want to want to watch. Stick with it. Uh, and I did. I stayed to episode two, and I got <laughs> dangerously close to going. Yeah, no, I'm pulling the plug on this. I do. Do I really want to see about it a pop uh, apocalyptic uh, time? And I, no. All right. So I gave uh, episode three a shot, and I started to warm up to it. And by the end of the season, yeah, I was completely and utterly hooked. Yeah. Another yeah. phenomenal. HBO just never puts a bad show yep. at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Yep, I, I agree. And by the way, if you like Ted Lasso, there is another show that Mike Sielski turned me on to, and then we'll, we'll grab a call or two here, um, by the people who are the creative forces behind Ted Lasso, which is also on Apple and also a 30-minute comedy, and it's called Shrinking. Not Shrinkage. Shrinking, <laughs> um, which is about a psychiatrist um, out uh, in in L.A. who decides he's going to become brutally honest with his patients. Um, Harrison Ford's a supporting actor in it and, and really good. And it's fun. It's just a, like a little lark of a laugh of a show. So if you like Ted Lasso, Jody, you'll like Shrinking. I'll check out Shrinking. All right. Good stuff by you. Let's talk to Art in Philly. Art, what are you thinking? Uh, thanks for taking my calls. I wanted to, I wanted to ask the question. You guys know better than me about this football. Uh, what's going on with the uh, Eagles now? Hargrove, why couldn't Hargrave. we franchise Hargrave? Yeah, why yeah. couldn't we franchise tag him before they cut him? I mean, look, here's my thinking on this guy. Mm-hmm. First of all, he is a great inside tackle. I mean, he is phenomenal. He had a great year, and giving him the Frisco. He could come back and haunt us because look, Frisco's Frisco's going to be back in there. He makes that defense much better. They were already a good defense. They're better now. And the other one, the C.J. Hargrove, the uh, the, uh, the C.J. Gardner the, uh, Johnson is, Gar- is his name. So, uh, and, and yeah, I'm sorry for, about mixing that's, that's names. That's all right. I got you. They should have got him. They should have got him too. Because well, they may. Yeah, he, listen. He hasn't he hasn't signed anywhere. CJ Gardner Johnson and Jody. He put out a tweet. He there are some people who are really good on Twitter and some people who are not. I think CJ Gardner Johnson is a guy who doesn't help his cause. He put out a tweet the other day that just said either totally disrespected or total disrespect or something like that. And then he deleted it. And then he put out one last night that was just the name of his agency, uh, his reps with an exclamation point. Right. I don't know what that means. It means get in touch. 
Uh, I'm surprised that oh. my number isn't what. In case you didn't know who I'm represented <laughs> that what by. Yes. Uh, uh, it's like, here's where to find me. Yes. That's, in whoa. case you are wondering, those of you who did not know, let's get this out oh, of the way. Here's uh, how you get in touch with my people to make me a legitimate uh, best safety on the market left offer. Yeah, well, he's unsigned and um, clearly thought he was going to get more money than he's getting. Uh, Julian Love, uh, formerly of the Giants, signed a contract, and I, I think it was two years, twelve million, or it was it was a lot less than people projected the top safety on the market might get. I would I would say that I am slightly on the plus side of fifty fifty that they can get C.J. Gardner Johnson back. I think that the fact that he hasn't signed yet, with every passing day, the Eagles' chances of re-signing him increase because that just means the offers aren't out there. And he may have set his own market in his own mind with his agents, who we now all know how to contact, um, at their number. Uh, yeah, I, I think he likes Philadelphia. I think he'd like to be here in Philadelphia. If he believes he's being disrespected by the Eagles, well, guess what? He's being disrespected by everybody else. So uh, let's uh, put that aside and just say, what is the best for me going forward? If the Eagles offer is as good as anybody else, I believe he would prefer to come back here. So, uh, yeah, every passing day does increase the chance that the Eagles can get him re-signed. Hey, you know, I told you earlier about that beer glass I have with the names of the players in the uh, Super Bowl 52 team, and there's only seven left. Right. If they don't sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson, one of the names could come back, which is no Jalen Mills got cut by the Patriots. I don't love it, but you could do worse. I would rather have C.J. Gardner-Johnson clearly, clearly, clearly. I wouldn't be upset if Jalen Mills came back. I was always a Jalen Mills fan, uh, and I know that he would take a chance or two every year and get beat badly, and it'd be a home run ball over the top of his head, and it would annoy the snot out of Eagle fans. But uh, the guy was just a, a flat-out pretty good player and a good pass defender. Um, I know he's played safety, but I don't really believe that's his strongest position, but the Eagles are going to need someone to come in uh, and play safety if Jaunty Gardner-Johnson walks. I'd be okay with it, yep. and the only thing the Eagle fans have to remember is you know him. Glenn Macnow knows him. Glenn Macnow's got his name on a glass, which is a cool thing, but truth be told, there are very few players left, and there's no one left on the coaching staff who's ever had anything to do with uh, Jalen Mills. True. So the familiarity is only with the name and with his hair color. It really isn't with the system. <laughs> He'll be, active, be asked to play in. Good so point. That, that, that doesn't really play into it. You just have to evaluate him as any other available safety who's out there. If he's the best of the lot and you can get him for a good deal, well, then you sign him. If you can't, you don't go down the road. Yeah, and Jalen was part of our Super Bowl winning team. It really is kind of irrelevant. No, no, I stage. agree. Although he did keep the green hair, so that's a good sign. Yes. Uh, let's get Scott here before the break. Hello, Scott. Hey, guys. Uh, good to hear from you. It's always a pleasure to listen to you. Thank you. I'm cruising from Raleigh to uh, Pauly's Island to, uh, to a business appointment. And uh, I was listening to you, and all of a sudden this guy, uh, Matt from Davis, comes on. Well, Matt's my brother. So I called him up after because I've never heard him on the show. And I, there you I, go. I that'd be a nice he, surprise. Nice. He was a smart yeah, guy. Yeah, it was. It was great. But anyway, the long and short, short of that, I called him up and started talking to him. He threw something out to me, and I'm laughing right now. 
because I know how you're going to respond. But he said, what do you think about trading? Uh, and he's sort of uh, really sort of a, a, a deep thinker of sorts. But he said, what about trading Jalen to uh, Chicago for Justin Fields and no, a plethora yeah, of, uh, of this is This is not something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I have to. Because That's this is okay. not something you, it's not something you would seriously consider, right? This is not this is not fantasy football. This is real life. You would you are not trading Jalen Hurts. We we can we just well, agree I, with that? I, I I agree what he said. It but the thing was uh, his logic was you, you got a, a hopefully a, a, a good quarterback and you got rid of the fifty thousand dollar ticket and then had a, a bunch of bullets put back in your gun. Down the road, nah, so. I, Scott. I, I think your brother is the. Well, I don't know who said it, but you, you don't trade Jalen Hurts. That's just that's it's dopey to even bring it up in a sense. Well, to, I'll, I'll quasi defend it. Okay, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. In case you don't know, I think he's going to become a superior quarterback in this league. Jalen Hurts is already a superior quarterback in this league. So why do you at least even think about walking down the maybe road when you have a definite in your hand? It's not outrageous just because I have my evaluation and my belief how good Justin Fields can and will be. But for the Eagles at this time, it makes no sense whatsoever. You have your guy. You're, you're trying to get back to the Super Bowl next year. You don't want to have to incorporate a different type player, similar in a lot of ways, but a different type player. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. It's not as outrageous as you would think. Oh, you can't trade Jalen Hurts. There's a couple of quarterbacks in the league that I would consider at least opening my mind to the possibility thereof, and Justin Fields is one of them. But when you do, you think it all the way through, the bottom line is you're not trading them for anybody. You are not. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. Talk a little NCAA hoops coming up and take your calls at 215-592-9494. Don't forget, at noon, uh, Brian Baldinger joins us on 94 WIP. Along with Jody McDonald, I am Glenn Macnow. Jody, the other thing uh, that I think everybody's watching, uh, in addition to Ted Lasso, is the tournament, which was unbelievable this weekend. Let me let me just throw out a couple of the results and then get you to kind of give the the big comment here. Uh, a day after number one seed Purdue gets kicked out by Fairleigh Dickinson, a 16 seed, which by the way got in because of a technicality. Uh, another one seed gets knocked out last night as Kansas reigning champion falls to number eight Arkansas. That's another stunner. And more surprising, the Ross Tuckers of Princeton University, a 15 seed, get their ticket to the Sweet 16 next week, um, beating number seven uh, or seven seed, excuse me, Missouri by 15. They are the fourth 15 seed ever to make the Sweet 16, the first by Princeton in 56 years, uh, and the first from the Ivy League since Cornell in 2010. Jody, it's just the greatest thing in the world, the tournament. Um, I don't follow college basketball closely during the season. I watch a handful of games when I'm flipping around TV and find something that's interesting. I, I really don't follow it that much. But when the tournament comes, the games are they're like always so great. Give me kind of your take on what we've seen uh, so far over the over the course of the last three days. A couple of things. Number one, um, although I've been living in South Jersey now for over 30 years, uh, former New Yorker, moved to South Jersey, been living down here longer than I ever lived in New York. 
uh, despite traveling all over the state. And yes, when I was in New York, I got over to North Jersey a lot, specifically going to football games at uh, the old Giants Stadium and now MetLife. And I got a lot of friends up there. So I think I know New Jersey pretty well, borderline like the back of my hand, with or without waves. Um, I have never seen... (laughs) I have never seen Cinderella's castle, but Cinderella has taken up residency in the state of New Jersey. Last year's Cinderella was St. Peter's, uh, which I've driven by that campus many a time up in Jersey City. Never actually saw a game in in that uh, gym, Uh, but I've driven by the university many a time. Uh, I know where Fairleigh Dickinson is. I've gone to games at Dratty at uh, the campus of Princeton. So the major Cinderella teams over the last two years all come from the Garden State. As a proud resident, I love the fact that Cinderella has taken a permanent residence in uh, New Jersey. Uh, so, yeah, it has been great because, yeah, you get these stories, but not the magnitude of the last two years. This year, they've upped it a little bit, a couple of notches, and Princeton winning again yesterday just adds to the phenomenal story that it is. And the other thing I wanted to mention, again, listening to you and Mike yesterday driving around, I had to take some errands in, so I caught part of your show. Silsky was dead on right. Jay Wright is great. Yeah, he is. He, he is. is just so good at that. And yeah. and the entire lineup, TBS, TNT, True, they all have their own little studio shows, a little bit different. Charles is Charles, and he's phenomenal. You know he doesn't know everything about college basketball, but he parachutes in, and he knows enough to carry the conversation. Same with Kenny, and those guys are great on the NBA show. Uh, Clark Kellogg is good. Seth Davis is good. Jay Wright's as good as any of them, and he's never done this before. To just jump into the middle of this and be like a seasoned veteran and knows just how to add the coach's perspective, not afraid to call guys out, but doesn't bury anybody. Man, is he hit the ground running in this college studio analyst work. Yeah, I noticed last night also he's now got a national commercial for something too. So he's, uh, yeah, he's found his calling. If, if people think he's ever going back to coaching, I don't think yeah, so at any level. Like <laughs> All right, so where we are, I'm just curious, my, my – pool i think like everybody's just shot to hell i have no idea who's in any bracket is doing well um do we now think alabama crushed uh maryland yesterday yep uh they they looking like the uh, prohibitive favorite at this point well i have in front of me my bracket which Ah. is beat up it is not busted but it's pretty beat up took a couple of major hits along the way for my own foolish reasons, I jumped on the North Carolina State bandwagon. Oh. No no UNC, no. but I thought North Carolina State was a well-under-ranked 11 seed, and they got picked off in the first round. Uh, so I had them winning several rounds, so that one is painful. But I have all four of my final four left, Alabama, Texas, UCLA, and Marquette. And, yes, I took the uh, roll tide, crimson tide, to win it all. So I, I'm not dead in the water yet. I've been uh, wounded, but I'm still uh, limping along. And, yes, I think Alabama has played the best so far. Uh, They were the number one overall seed when the tournament started, and they still look like just that to me. And, uh, by the way, Duke loses yesterday to uh, Tennessee. That's a shame. I always hate to see Duke lose. Duke is one of those teams. I'm I'm an anti-Duker. And you're an anti-Duker. You are not alone, my friend. There are many people who fall into that category. I'm proud to be. Uh, And so today, you got eight more games today. Let's see the matchups. Kentucky, Kansas State. 
Uh, Baylor Creighton. Ooh, Marquette, Michigan State. That could be a nice one. Yeah, I need Marquette that w- in that one badly. That's right. Is that right? The Shockers? Yes, I, I, a big shock, a smart fan. He's uh, wanted several different stops and is doing an outstanding job, Marquette, right now. All right. Well, don't don't be telling that to Ike Reese. Sorry for that. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Let's hope he, Ike's not I know where Ike's right going to be today. The go Spartans ahead. are going down and they're going down hard, Mister uh, Reese. Okay. There you go. Two on five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up. We get to talk to Jody McDonald's best friend, Brian Baldinger. I love getting Brian's opinion on all of this because Brian, um, while he certainly keeps a close tab on the Eagles and having played for them and having his local ties, Brian's a really sharp guy when it comes to looking at the entire league. We'll get his assessment. And, oh, by the way, one quick uh, baldy note. Yep. Um, And tying into something we've already over-discussed on the show here today, waves. Ways. Ways. The, as the way the crow flies from my house to Baldy's house, I guarantee you is less than a mile where he lives over here in Jersey, where I live. There you go. You probably can't drive there in 10 minutes because you can't go directly from Baldy's house to my house. You have to go through neighborhoods and around and about and nine stop signs or lights between his house and my house. But if you just walk straight from my back door to his front door, I think car. it would be less than a mile. <laughs> There you go. Well, we're going to talk to him. We'll find out if he uses Waze also. Johnny McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Number five of six interceptions by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson of the Eagles last year. Still on sign. I want to ask that to our next guest. He is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey original podcast In the Huddle with Jason LaConfora and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. And as we just learned, lives about four or five good golf shots away from Jody McDonald. <laughs> Baldy, how are you today? Hey, good uh, good morning, Glenn. Jody's good to be with you guys. I'm doing well. I put my TV on Wednesday, and there was Baldy, and then I put it on later Wednesday on the NFL Network, and there was Baldy, and there you went. It's like, man, what a week for you. And and by the way, you are, you are outstanding on TV, uh, as you are everywhere, including social media, one of the best followers on Twitter. All right, enough of that. Let's get yeah. to the guy we started with, which was C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He remains unsigned. Two-part question. Um, they, the Eagles decided to re-up Bradbury and Slay. Did they make the right choices, or would you have prioritized C.J. Gardner-Johnson? And then the second half is, do you still see an avenue where he comes back to Philadelphia? Well, they prioritized you know, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham as well and Jason Kelsey, yeah, and yeah. some of those you could say, would I rather have a playmaking uh, pit bull at safety and, and Gardner-Johnson, or would I rather have, you know, one of these guys coming back? Uh, you know, how he's going to always go to the trenches first uh, mm-hmm. before he kind of fills in some of the other parts. But it's hard to find these guys in the draft, Glenn. And so you almost always have to find them in free agency after they've proven themselves. Um, Chauncey learned a lot from uh, some people down in, in New Orleans. And so I think he took that, those skills to Philadelphia and probably had his best year ever here in Philadelphia once how he, you know, traded for him. Would you, you I'm, s- I'm sorry, just one of the second okay. part of that. Do you still see – he is unsigned where – I know it's only whatever, four or five days in. Do you see an avenue where he can still come back? 
Well, they probably have to make some more moves. They just lost Isaac Samato last night to the Steelers. That might free up some money. I'm not sure exactly how the books look right now. But, you know, I mean, Howie has done a remarkable job already retaining a bunch of, you know, well, you know, well, well named free agents, you know, some of the guys I've already mentioned, I'm sure he's trying like, like heck to do it. Nobody thought that Darius Slay was coming back. Everybody kind of had him out the door uh, trying to find another team and he brought him back. So I'm sure he's going to do everything he can to try to keep them before Cincinnati or some other desperate team, the giants, some other desperate team that needs his, his skill set, you know, on their team. I said with Glenn earlier today that with each passing day, I think it's more likely than he comes back than less likely than he comes back. When is the rubber going to hit the road? Uh, The the majority of the top-ranked free agents are all off the board. He's certainly one of the best, if not the best, left. What do you think the timing on this is, Baldy? Well, you know, like I I mentioned, Cincinnati, they lost both starting safeties. Um, I know they drafted one last year, Dax Hill, but they lost. You know, they lost two really good players who've been the backbone of their defense the last two years. I mean, that, that team looks like they're screaming, you know, to go sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But if they haven't done it yet, um, I'm kind of with you, Jody, that, you know, that's four days, five days now since free agency ended, and he's still unsigned. Um, people have probably pretty much decided what they're going to spend their money on by this point. And I would say that the best chances are that he returns. Ryan Baldinger is our guest. Follow him on Twitter at BaldyNFL. The breakdowns during the season are tremendous. I know you had Javon Hargrave as your top free agent in the market. He got four years, $80 million. That certainly seems to bear out your assessment. Um, And you've kind of said this, but I just kind of want to maybe dive deeper a little bit into it. Your assessment overall of what the Eagles have lost versus what they have gained overall these first few days. Mm. Well, if Rashad Penny stays healthy, I mean, that's kind of uh, – Miles Sanders had his best Sanders, we, uh, his best season. We all know that. But Rashad Penny, you know, when he has been healthy over five years, is, I mean, he's, he's exactly what the Eagles need. He's a thumper. He's big. He's really, really fast. I mean, he's averaged almost six yards a carry for his career. We all know the injury history. Sometimes that goes away. Sometimes you just figure things out. Your body just sort of – you know, understands the punishment. Uh, and then sometimes injured players just stay injured. So we got to wait and see on that. But Miles has been a guy that has been injured a lot too. So, you know, that, that, you know, Greedy Williams, the guy that uh, he had a good rookie year. He was invisible last year. Did a little bit in 2021. Um, we got to see. He's got all the measurables that you like. Uh, you know, everybody needs three corners in this league, at least four, if you count, you know, Vontae Maddox inside. So, uh, there might be a place for him. But I, I just thought Javon Hargrave, I think they messed up last year. And you could say, well, you can't have Fletcher Cox and you can't have Brandon Graham. You can't have all these guys. You got to, you know, make a decision. Well, I'd rather have Javon Hargrave mm-hmm. because he's as outside of Aaron Donald and Chris Jones in, in this business, he's about as good as any interior defense lineman there is as far as just being able to push the pocket and not allowing the quarterback to step up and, He's going to be dynamic with Nick Bosa in San Francisco, as, like he was with, you know, with Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and the guys he played with here. But um, I would have prioritized Javon Hargrave over just about anybody else in free agency if I was mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Baldy, there's actual leverage and then there's perceived leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like the Jets and the Packers right now. Who's actually got the leverage? Well, the Jets would rather wait till after the draft, so the draft picks they give up aren't for a year down the road. The Packers would rather have it, but the Jets desperately need Rodgers, and the Packers can just sit there and go, hey, our cap's in shape. If you want to drag your feet, you're the team without a quarterback. So it's debatable back and forth. Who's got the leverage right now in the Jalen Hurts contract negotiation? I think Jalen has all the leverage. You know, I mean, you could say, okay, they signed Marcus Mariota. Well, we know what Marcus Mariota is as the backup, and that's what he is. He's a backup quarterback. I think Jalen has all the leverage because what we have seen from Jalen is it, it's almost like we haven't seen anything like this before. We, we've never seen a quarterback improve this dramatically over the course of two seasons, and I think he's just going to get better. I mean, I think Jalen has all the leverage. Now, what does that mean, Jody? Does that mean a guaranteed contract? Is that, you know, where, where does that slot him? I don't know. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard not to think that, okay, if Deshaun Watson got this, and I don't think anybody is deserving of 230 guaranteed million dollars, and that includes Joe Burrow. But, you know, he's somewhere, you know, but he's an ascending talent. Uh, but, you know, I would say that if I was Jalen, as good of, as a runner as he is, I would run less. I just would. I mean, he, he's he been beat up two years in a row now. You know, he finished the season two years ago with bad ankles, two bad ankles, and he finished the season last year with a bad shoulder. And we've seen this happen to Lamar. We've seen it happen to a lot of guys. Um, I would learn how to play this game by running less. He's dynamic. He's very good at it. But these hits just add up. And I think yep. Philadelphia kind of knows that. And they say, well, if we give you a five-year contract and it's all guaranteed, we're not going to tell you to change your style of play. But if you want to play it all the way out, you better figure out a way to change your style of play. And I think that's kind of where they're at. But right now I think Jalen has the majority of the leverage. All right. You mentioned the uh, the Eagles signing of a, of a backup quarterback. Um as they go with uh, Marcus Mariota seven years after everybody uh, thought that Chip Kelly was going, aiming to move up to draft him. We've talked a little bit about his departure from Arizona, excuse me, Arizona, from Atlanta uh, and how that went poorly. He didn't have a good year last year, but he certainly has shown things in the past. Overall, what do you think of this deal uh, for the Eagles? I remember just literally a year ago, maybe – today or last week i mean i was in hawaii with marcus at a charity event we were you know running a football camp out there and he was unsigned he was released at that time by the raiders and he was a free agent didn't really know but arthur smith was a head coach in atlanta and that made a lot of sense and literally a week later he was signed atlanta became the starter for the better part of i don't know 13 or 14 games he played he played all right he ran the ball really well they were a good running team made some good decisions he stayed healthy um, you know, he, he, he made some questionable decisions, thrown it in some of these games last year. But, you know, he's he, he's a guy that can kind of run the Eagles offense, and he can run the RPO game. He can run some of the quarterback runs. Um, you know, he's, he's very tough. Uh, he's still very athletic. Uh, you know, look, Gardner Minshew, I don't know, he started, you know, a couple games last year, played pretty well in his spot duty. I think Marcus Mariota is more than capable of doing the same thing that we saw Gardner Minshew do. 
One of the few questions I have about the way Howie Roseman has handled this offseason is, again, the disdain for linebacker. They bet, let both yeah. of their linebackers walk out the door. Yeah, yeah, Edwards got a fair market deal from the Bears, not undervalue, not blatantly overpaid either, but uh, 50 minutes in the free agency he was an ex-Eagle, and then they let Kaiser White walk out the door thereafter. I'm a huge Nicobe Dean fan. Expect them to step in and be a stud from day one, but they're going to have to find another linebacker somewhere else. And, oh, by the way, any of the linebackers who were on the Eagles never got on the field last year because Edwards and Kaiser White were that good that they didn't want to take them off, but they weren't that good that they made it a priority to re-sign them. Did the Eagles undervalue linebacker play? Yes and no, because, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't particularly like TJ Edwards was a free agent, right? And then Kazir White was a guy that they picked up in free agency. So that's their linebacking core. Um, you know, Davion Taylor, you go through the list of guys, Bradley, you list of the guys that they drafted, you know, they're not very good players and they can't find the field. Uh, TJ Edwards, to me, this is where they undervalued him. He, he's an every down player. He never came off the field last year. They play a lot of dime linebacker, one linebacker, safety, five man defensive front. They did, they played that front a lot. T.J. Edwards, I mean, it's you can put him up against almost any linebacker in the league. Now, there's some elite guys in this business. Uh, I get that. But he's basically your really good starting every down linebacker that can do everything. He can, he can cover. He tackles well. He's all over the field. He never gets hurt. Like, he's every down, every play, every week, every season. They undervalued him because I would have signed him. Because you don't, have, you don't have to go crazy with them like they, like you know, they did with some other guys in this business, Raquan Smith or whatever. But you could have given him a, a, a nice – he's earned a good contract like Chicago gave him. But I would have kept him because he never opened his mouth. He's a team guy. Um, the only way you're going to know how you miss him is when he's not there. Now, you know, maybe N'Kobe Dean could do that. He had a couple flashes last year in spot duty. Um, I doubt he's going to have the range that T.J. Edwards has. Now, maybe just go back to Wisconsin and find another guy because Wisconsin puts these guys out, Nick Herbig this year. They, they put these guys out every year. So, you know, maybe he's got his sights set, you know, free agency or little rounds that they can replace him and find him. But I think they're, it's going to be kind of hard to replace T.J. Edwards. All right, Brian Baldinger, let's take a quick look at uh, some other teams. I guess the rest of the division, What's what's been going on. Um the Giants make a move to get a uh, to get Waller to get a tight end. Um, let's just kind of take us through the other three teams: uh, the Giants, Washington, and I, Dallas. I, much, I love much what the Giants seen? did. You do, uh, okay? So, and I do. I, they they picked up Raheem Nunez Rochez Nacho. I mean, he's a really good rotational defensive tackle. They they had an injury last year in the middle of the season. They really just played Dexter Lawrence and Big Cat Williams. They were very good. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence, a Pro Bowl player, and deserved to be. Yep. But if you can put Nacho in, in that rotation, it's good. Then they picked up Bobby O'Karake. Um, He had an awesome two years in Indianapolis. He's an every-down linebacker. Uh, he plays the position. They have not had a Mike linebacker there in a long, long time. Uh, he really fills that need. And then to get Darren Waller. Now, he's been injured the last two years, had bad injuries. Uh, but if he's healthy, um, he really helps the overall passing game. And then to be able to get Daniel Jones locked up and to get Taquan back in, I'd say the Giants did really, really well this offseason. You know, the Cowboys made a trade for a corner. He's, he's a really good corner. Uh, Gilly Lock out there. 
Um, it's a good move. They re-signed a bunch of their own guys, Leighton Vanderesh. Um, probably a good move. He had a good season last year. Um, you know, but, you know, they made, a, they made a decision to franchise tag Tony Pollard, which was the right thing to do, and to probably release Ezekiel Elliott, which was the right thing to do. Those are hard yeah, decisions to they make. They are, yep, yep. Hard decisions to make, but you got to make them. And they made some hard decisions. And then Washington, look, Washington's going, they made a, you know, a big change at offensive coordinator. They've elevated Sam Howell to the starting quarterback position. But they signed Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, you watched Jacoby play in Cleveland last year, guys. He played really well for the first, I don't know, 11, 12 weeks when he was in there. They didn't win all those games, but it wasn't because he played poorly. And so people that just think, even in Washington, well, Sam Howell's a starter. We started one game. And I don't want to base anybody's, you know, career off one game at any position. But I would say Jacoby Percet, if he played like he did last year or better, it would be hard to keep him off the field. All right, let me ask you one more divisional question. Uh, last night the Cowboys did acquire Brandon Cooks from the Texans. Yes, I did see that, And the Jody. Texans are going to pay a third of his salary, but he's still on the books for $12 million this year. I've always liked the guy. I remember wanting the Eagles to draft him when he was coming out the year that he came out in the draft, and they just missed out on him. But this is now going to be his fourth team. As a guy who does make plays and put up numbers, why is he always on the move? Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I just remember Malcolm Jenkins put him to sleep in the Super Bowl. Um, maybe oh. Patriots win that game if Jenkins doesn't hit him like he did. Um he, he, because he's just undersized, but he's been productive, you know, New England, New Orleans, um, you know, Houston. He's, um, but I, you, it's a good question. Some people just want – he still runs just as fast as he ever did. Um, he's been good everywhere he's ever been. Uh, he'll probably help Dallas. They need a number two receiver really bad. Um, they had a big drop-off from CeeDee Lamb to anybody else they had. But – you know, the quarterback has to get better in Dallas, I think, to really incorporate everybody that they have. We'll see if they keep their tight end. He's still out there. They need they need that they need that position filled. I think the guys they drafted last year are good blockers. I don't know if they can run routes like Dalton Schultz does. But I think Brandon Cooks will help him. But but like I said, I think the quarterback has to step up. He's got to get better. And maybe Mike McCarthy can get that out of him now that he's back to being the play caller. All right, Baldy, last one from me, and this one looks ahead a little bit. Uh, let us say that the Eagles do not – they stay where they are in the draft. They keep that number 10 pick that they got from the Saints. The time comes. Give us an, a name or two that you think would be a smart pick at that spot. Um, you know, if, if Skoransky is there at 10 at a Northwestern, it'd be a good move. I mean, you could get value for him right away. Um, you know, at guard. He can certainly play guard. He's been a left tackle at Northwestern. But, you know, he's a really good player. And, you know, you lose Isaac Ciamalo and maybe Cam Jurgens can step in there or Sua Peta. But if Skoransky is somehow there at 10, and he might be if the quarterbacks all get pushed up and some of the edge rushers go, uh, if he's there, like it just is a classic Eagle pick. They lose Dillard. They lose Ciamalo. They lost Herbig last year. Um, they could play him at guard right right way and probably keep the Eagles as the number as the best offense line of football. Just for people who don't know, it's Peter Skaronsky, who's a six four, three hundred and twenty pound guard out of Northwestern. It's a great football name. Love it. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, go ahead, Jody. One more. Uh, yeah, one more quickly. Um, because they resigned uh, both uh, Bradbury and got the Slade deal done, you think corner off the board number 10? If uh, no, I'm, no, a, I don't. I'm, I'm a huge I, Gonzalez I, I, guy, and I'm hoping that he's there, and I thought for sure they were going to move one of their two cornerbacks or not bring back one of their two cornerbacks. Do you think that's less of a possibility now because of this, the way this week is I gone? think it's less of a possibility, but the track record, I mean, you know, how he's got a track record and what he does. And he's never drafted a corner in the first round. Um, you know, they drafted him in the second round, but I, I, you know, they've gone to free agency to get their corners, gone to free agency, get their safeties, you know, but typically they spend their number one picks on, you know, either receivers or, you know, in the trenches. Yep. And I think that's what they do, but I, I'm with you. Like I love Gonzalez. I'd love to see him. And I just think because you resign these guys, it doesn't, it shouldn't preclude you from looking at a strong cornerback class. I love Joey Porter Jr. as well. Uh, they don't really have a guy like that, you know, that big, that strong press corner, um, you know, in a new defensive system here. Uh, you might want a guy that can play that style. Brian Balding, it is, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I look forward to talking to you down the road, man. All, 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 all the best, guys. Love being Thanks, with you. Baldy. Thank you. I uh, thank you so it, much. Buddy. There you go. That was Brian Baldinger, Odyssey NFL Insider. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. He he's like one of the top five smartest guys on football. Absolutely. Knows everybody everywhere and everything. Really and, value his opinion. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, you didn't know, I didn't know. I booked Baldy to be on my CBS show last night. So <laughs> I know. I, I've talked you to him cover twice anything in, different, by the way? In the last 12 hours, we talked a little bit more about quarterbacks across the league in general, Rodgers okay. and Lamar Jackson and the like. But I want to uh, do that with you coming up, actually. Uh, okay. Then yeah. uh, you and I will save it for that. I can tell you what Baldy said when he was on with me last night. Oh, well, there you go. Something that some people hang in there for. All right. Uh, he's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. We'll take your calls at 215-592-9494. We're on until 1 o'clock. Phillies coming up at that time. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. Let's uh, let's say hi to Rob in Delco. Rob, what's on your mind today? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Rob. Good. Come to the listen, phone, though. Listen, I got an unpopular um, criticism here of giving her the contract, okay? So just hear me out before you call me crazy, okay? I agree with Baldinger, okay? Um, you can't – Hurt is getting hurt at 23-24, and what makes him – the great quarterback that he is, is his intangibles, his mindset, his leadership, his maturity, all that's off the chart. I agree with you, okay? But here's why I draw the line, why I won't give him a deal, five-year deal, because you can't have him run the ball in first down, second down. He will not last the five years of the contract running the ball in first down, second down. And that's an onus on the coach to change the offense, and that's an onus on Hurts to get better from the pocket. I just don't know if he's a 15 So, so what, what, what do you want to do? Well, here's my, What's here's your my strategy point. here? I know, Glenn. Here's my point. Is I don't know. Like I know it sounds dumb to come up. I don't have a strategy, but that's not my job to have one. But that's Howie's job to have one. But my, my, I'm just telling you my concern is he's not going to last. Run the ball on first down, second down, 15 times a game. He's got to get better moving inside the pocket, maneuvering the pocket, maybe like a third down run to break the defense's back to, to extend the drive. But that's just my concern is he's not a $50 million quarterback from inside the pocket. Uh, Jody, why don't, uh, why don't you weigh in on this? I think he's pretty close to a $50 million quarterback. Do you really, Jody? Do you really yes. think he is? Oh, yeah, I do. 
Okay. That, right. that's, the, that's the new going rate in the NFL. He was, at one point, I know he was the top quarterback rated, if you believe in quarterback uh, uh, rating, or uh, I should say passer rating. Um, he was number one in the pocket in the NFL last year, late into the year. So I think he's already proven if that's the decision they make to put him less at risk, to tell him they don't want him running, to lessen the RPOs. I think he can do the job from the pocket like any other quarterback in the league, as good as, if not better. Yeah, I think curtailing the running to a degree certainly is a good idea. You can't take the weapon totally away. But I understand what Baldy said, and I understand what the caller said, which is you know, we've seen quarterbacks who run too much just get hurt, so you got to cut that down. So once Aaron Rodgers leaves – there is no quarterback in the NFL that I would rather have today, next year for his career, than Jalen Hurts. You said NFL, you meant NFC, NFC, right? I'm sorry, right. no, not NFL, NFC. So the AFL, and I'm not ranking all these guys ahead of Jalen Hurts, but Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Lawrence, Herbert, uh, maybe, I don't know what's going to happen, Lamar Jackson, maybe, and now Aaron Rodgers. Jody, that's a that is a great lineup of quarterbacks. And another guy who's got injury issues who was the highest-rated quarterback in the league last year is Tua. I'd yeah. put him in that yeah. group, maybe at the bottom end of that group. But it, Tua, if Tua were in the NFC, he'd be the yeah. number two quarterback yeah. in the league for me. I think you're right. In the I conference. Think, I think you're right. So let's look at the quarterbacks in the NFC, all right? It's, other than Hurts. I mean, uh, to me, if I'm looking at maybe the next bet is Matthew Stafford, but he's going into his 14th season. Um, you see it. Who would you have as the number two guy in the NFC? I'll throw a name which will surprise some people. Just projecting the kind of season I think they're going to have next year. I think Jared Goff might be. That's the funny because I had him third. Yeah, he yeah. had a good year. He, he had, had a 29 really nice touchdowns, year. seven interceptions, 4,500 yards. He did. We kind of wrote him off after L.A. dispatched him to Detroit, but he was good. Um, and, boy, Jody, it really it thins out after that. I mean, Dak is, is the name that comes up. I don't, right. I don't know where you put him in the, in the pantheon of quarterbacks around the league. In the NFC, high. Around the league, not. Because, again, we're saying the AFC is the predominant quarterback conference as of right now. I am a Justin Fields fan, and I know his yeah. numbers weren't good last year, but uh, they've done the right thing. They went out and got a, uh, a better running back. They've upgraded the offensive line. Uh, they still, they're going to draft a wide receiver with that seven pick in the draft. I can almost guarantee you that. Uh, and they did get the uh, uh, talent to get more in the deal to move down from one to seven. I think Justin Fields is going to have a nice season next year. Even though the Bears finished with the worst record in the league, they've upgraded their defense. They've added some weapons. I think you'll see Justin Fields put up better numbers because I, I, I really like the kids' talent. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't ask Baldy that. I, I wish I had uh, of the team that he thought improved the most over the last week because I think it could be Chicago. They've done a lot, and they've really – they had the money to do it when they yep. traded that first pick. They certainly had the resources to do a lot. They still have picks. I think Chicago does have the – I mean, they were terrible, so I'm not going to make them a Super Bowl contender, but they have the opportunity to really improve. And you know what? I think I'll agree with you, which is if I was taking a quarterback in the NFC now through the rest of his career after Jalen Hurts, I it might be Justin Fields. Right, because yeah. if you did it today, you still got him on a rookie deal for three more years. 
which means inexpensive, which is nice. Dak's already getting paid. Goff's getting paid. Cousins getting paid. All the other guys who aren't of the level of the AFC are already on their second contract, so you got to build around them. You still have the capability with some flexibility with a guy like Fields. Yeah, and so, all right, so let's review the NFC one more time. You have Hurts, you have Justin Fields. Fields is a guy you like for the future. Yep. You have Matthew Stafford, who's still very, very good, but getting older. Uh, you have Jared Goff, who had a nice rebound season last year in Detroit. The problem with him is he plays for a team that's, I don't know when, you know, wake me up the decade that Detroit's eventually a playoff team. Prescott, who, you know, we've plays very well against the Eagles. I'll give him that, but has not played well in big games. They, they aren't doing well in the playoffs. Uh Derek Carr is now in the NFC with New Orleans. And and unfortunately for the Eagles, because they still have a pick tied to the Saints from the trade last year. Now, it's a second rounder. It's not a first, but I think the Saints will be better this year than Mm, they were last year, which will knock that down a couple of slots. I forgot they even have that pick next year. That's right. Second round pick. Yeah, they got the first round this year. God, what a good deal that was. (laughs) Um Right, but and I I respect Derek Carr. I don't think he's great, but he's 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 good. You got Kirk Cousins, who's to me kind of in that same, you know, average to decent quarterback. Uh, I'm just thinking around it. Kyler Murray, you, you know, you got you like him. Major disappointment. Yeah, I I'll give you talent. one more guy who I think was handled a specific way late in this year in this town, and I get it, but I thought it was a little bit of a disservice. Brock Purdy was pretty damn good. Oh, when yeah. When he stepped in for San Francisco, all he did was win games and put up good numbers and have a over 100 quarterback ranking, uh, passer rating. Um, do I know that he can do it again? Did he catch the league maybe a little flat-footed this year? Maybe. But, again, in a weak conference at that position, Brock Purdy comes back if he's just the same player. I'm not even saying improvement. And who the hell knows what the injury is going to do to his ability to throw the football. But if he comes back as just the same guy, oh, he could very easily be the second-best quarterback in the NFC next year. No, I hear that. I just I, I think he's going to be out for an extended period. He's not going to be ready when the season starts. So, yes, maybe he comes back in the second half of the season and does something. So here's the bottom line on this thing. We just ticked off in the AFC, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lawrence, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Rodgers, and you threw in one more. I forget who said. Tua. That's right, Tua. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight quarterbacks, all of whom may be better than the second-best quarterback in the NFC. Yes. Agreed? Agreed. So the Eagles ought to win. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) So the Eagles cannot miss the Super Bowl. Here's the bummer of it, Glenn. Um, Last year, I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl before the season started. Yes, you did. There there weren't many of us. No. And I very honestly said it was because I thought the NFC was the lesser conference, that I just didn't see this behemoth that the Eagles couldn't get past in the NFC. Well, it's the same exact thing again this year. It is. But nobody's going to go, hey, great pick of the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl, Joe, yeah. because they're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC. It's okay. I mean, you can't pick them again. But, yes, you're, you're, you were Oh, you can't pick them again. You're just not going to get the same yeah, juice or okay. props You're not going to get the value. And if you make the bet, you're not going to – did you make that bet, by the way? Uh, yes. Oh, well, there you go. 
That worked out nicely. Yes, it did. Thank you very much. It wasn't dependent on them winning the Super Bowl. I Both. I bet them All to right. win the NFC and the Super Bowl. I could have cashed that much more if uh, uh, Butker had hit the upright, but he did not. So uh, I'll take my money and run. Oh, there you go. That was nicely done. Well done. All right. Uh, 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now one more segment, and then we'll take you to Phillies baseball with Fransky and L.A. Always a great time as we get headed closer to the baseball season. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Along with Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Jody, I do not remember this from the years when we worked together back in the day. Are you a water ice guy? Yeah, sure. I had one uh, two nights ago. <laughs> well, you beat me to it. Uh, I bring this up because even as we are doing the show uh, during the break, I looked at my email and learned that tomorrow all Rita's water ice are giving away free water ice. Really? Yes. And there's oh, I no got a Rita's within two miles of my house. Sweet. So I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm doing an ad for Rita's. Didn't mean to do it, but what the heck? Um, just reading this, there's no cash getting free water ice. Just show up at your local readers, claim the free tweet tomorrow. No purchase necessary. Don't need to download the app. You just show up and say, hi, I'm Jody. Can I get a water ice? Well, you don't have to. You can say Jody. Other people don't have to. And you get a water ice. That's a good, that's a, that's a nice way to start the spring. And when I was growing up as a kid, basically water ice was either like lemon or, uh, cherry and that was it. And then they added chocolate, which I thought was cool. And now you got uh, 22 flavors to choose from. And at first I was like, no, water rice has got to be simplistic. It is what it is. It's a great frozen kind of drink, not quite ice cream kind of thing. Uh, I, I looked at it more as a drink than a dessert. Mm-hmm. That you got water ice after playing basketball. But that was a good thing that you That's could like run. That's like frozen uh, lemonade. There's a place that used to near me used to sell frozen lemonade, which was kind of halfway between lemon uh, lemonade and water. It was like a little slushy. That was that was phenomenal. Anyway, right. Yeah. But I have over the years grown to uh, uh, do all the other flavors with like chocolate chips in it and coconut yeah, and everything so else. Uh, it's more of a dessert for me now. But when I was a kid, it was just like getting a frozen drink. It's funny because I think, which is not usually the case, I'm more of a go to the old standards than you on this. Here's what I, when I get uh, water ice, I would say 60% of the time I go lemon, 20% of the time I go either cherry or black cherry, like those. Depending on where I go, and Rita's doesn't have this flavor, but if you've ever had a cantaloupe or honeydew water ice, oh no, yeah. no, 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 oh no, no that's no, good. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's you guys no. like one of your basic fruits. That's a good yeah, one. No, I not go down. There. I don't uh, like either what? of those two things to begin with. Wait, you so don't like cantaloupe surely... or, or honeydew? Is that oh, right? for two, correct. Neither one. Really? Yeah. And my father, like my father did. Eat. My father did forever. There was always cantaloupe or honeydew in my yeah. house growing up. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, I also could go mango work. water ice. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'd try that, but uh, would would <laughs> wouldn't be a first choice. Okay, so so that's my that's my order of succession. By the way, that show's coming on soon. How yes. do you how do you do it? Um, yeah, I'm more of a chocolate guy than anything else. 
Mm. I've moved completely away from lemon lime, which I used to get a lot. Uh, I'll still get a cherry every once in a while. Um, my wife is a fan of the cherry Bordeaux with the oh. actual pieces of cherry in it. Not familiar with that one. That's, uh, that's yes. Uh, ask for a cherry Bordeaux because I think Rita carries that. Right. Um, that's her personal fave. But I do. See, again, it has become a dessert for me. So my, one of my favorite types of ice cream is mint chocolate chip. So one of my yeah. favorite types mm. of uh, frozen uh, ice is also mint chocolate chip. Water ice. That's yeah. See, I I don't. I'm I am a, I'm a, with with water ice. I I definitely go uh, for the fruits. I I don't go for the chocolate or the coconut or the vanilla or the coffee or. No, nah, yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah. It it has become an option other than ice cream for basically ice cream. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, let us go now to our producer Francisco Rojas. First of all, Francisco, when you get water ice, what do you get? Easily blueberry. Oh, I never had blueberries. Oh, you guys, neither of you mentioned that. Blueberries yeah, the never best. Never in my life have tried blueberries. What do you guys I, doing? I, I, I like not a blueberry. Bad, not too shabby. I, I'll get a blueberry every once in a blue moon. A blueberry, watermelon. I like watermelon, too. So those, those yeah, are my well, go-tos. Yeah, I, could, I could see that as well. All right. And by the way, Francisco, tomorrow, apparently, Rita's is giving out free water ice everywhere, so make sure you get there. I'll be there. All right. Uh, Francisco Rojas, why don't you let Jody and I know what did we forget to talk about today? All right, so first up for you got a music you guys... background for this thing. Yeah, come on, dude. come on now. Uh, like so high production values for our show. Uh, so first one, um, this this pertains uh, to the World Baseball Classic, obviously with Edwin Diaz's uh, big injury that sparked a lot of conversation about whether players uh, should or shouldn't play in it. Um, Jose Altuve, uh, according to Bob Nightingale, is to miss eight to ten weeks wow. with a broken thumb. Uh, after getting hit in the hand, obviously, by Daniel Bard. So, yeah, Quick, big. Quickie on that. And I'm a Mark DeRosa fan. I think he does an outstanding job on the MLB Network. He's managing this team. What the hell was he thinking leaving Bard in that game? You knew, like, four pitches in, he couldn't come close to throwing strikes. He walked to, gave up a hit, threw two wild pitches, and plunked Altuve. And he's still out there on the hill. DeRosa almost cost him that game last night. Yeah, I agree. He was terrible. But but so here's the thing, and it's a shame that happened to Jose Altuve. He was a terrific player coming off a very good year, an important part of the Astros. Could have happened in Port St. Lucie. Could have happened in Kissimmee. Could have happened anywhere. I mean, because Daniel Bard hit him is no reason to believe that the World Baseball Classic is a bad idea. The World Baseball Classic is a great idea. Guys are going to get hurt anywhere, so... That doesn't reflect on it, but that's a that's a tough break for the Astros. He's one of the best players in the game. Come yeah, absolutely. So, uh, second, another injury update. Um, this in spring training with the Mets. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, who had an awkward slide in the second base uh, just a few days ago. Um, he it looks like he will be ready for opening day. The Mets obviously have had a ton of uh, you know injuries with Quintana and Edwin Diaz. Um, Nimmo is going to be a big one for them, but he will be ready for opening day. So big for the Mets lineup. I'm a Nimmo guy. They uh, gave him an eight-year contract. Not good to start an eight-year contract with an injury to get season number one underway. Yeah, that one looked ugly. When it happened, I thought, oh, this this is bad. I, I guess he just sprained the ankle or whatever. It should be back. Good for him. He is. He's an excellent player. All right, what else? All right, so last one I got for you guys. Uh, the Golden State Warriors lost to the Memphis Grizzlies last night. was the 11th straight road loss for them. That's the second longest uh, road losing streak by a defending champ 
since the Bulls in 98-99. Was 98-99 the year Michael Jordan played baseball or something? Or retired, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess he was gone. All right. Might, might very well have been. Did you see the splits on that, Mac? No, tell me. They're 27-9 and nine at home. They're 9-27 and 27 on the road. Wow. Exactly the same oh, wow. on the opposite side. That's just unheard of. Somebody asked me that last night on my CBS show. How do you explain it? I said, I don't. And neither does Steve Kerr, the coach of the team, who says, I can't explain it either. Yeah, that's, I mean, there are, uh, most teams play better at home than the road, of course. But that is ungodly. they got to figure out what they're doing wrong and change that. Um, right, because they are going to be asked to play road games in the playoffs to defend uh, their title. Yeah, they sure are. That's going to be bad. All right, Francisco, uh, that's great music. Then uh, that wraps it up for you. It does. All right. Uh, Jody Mack, we got a minute and a half to kill here. What do you got going on the rest of the day? Uh, watching NCAA tournament action. I will once again, that's one of the things about working nights. Sometimes you have to compete with live events. Good thing about this show. There aren't really live events on against you and I, but nope. uh, nighttime there is. So I'll be on against the World Baseball Classic tonight with the uh, USA trying to move on to the World Baseball Classic final. So I'll have a half, on, half an eye on that while still hosting my CBS Sports Radio show which starts at 6. Do we know who's pitching for the USA today? I haven't seen yet. I it's don't not Wayne Wright. Oh, it is no, Wayne Wright? Okay, it is good. Wayne Wright. Okay. All right. God, what is he, 78 years old? Uh, but still good. He yeah, had a good he, year last year. Yeah, he did. He, is he a Hall of Famer someday? I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm just doing this off the top right. of my head. I, I just would feel say, like he's been really good for a long time. I would say just short. But okay. that that's me. A uh, guy who I always felt like that was uh, Musina, too. And he eventually got in, in, so yeah. maybe Wainwright can get in, too. I am uh, going to have lunch with my dad today. Which Very is, nice. Yeah, which is always Tell Marv I said hi. I will. Uh, Big Marv is doing okay. And then I, uh, like you, plan to come back, park myself on the Barco Lounger, watch NCAA basketball as much as I can today, watch the World Baseball Classic. Jody McDonald, I believe that's a fine and full day. Oh, and uh, do my daily French lesson. I'm going to France for the first time this year. Nice. So I'm taking French lessons on my phone. Let me put it this way. Are you appearing in a French movie? No, I am not. But the words I am learning, if I run into a dog, a cat, or a horse in Paris, I'll be great. You got those, that covered, that's, huh? that's what I'm learning. Anyway, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Jody and I will be back next Sunday. I will see you next Saturday with Mike Sealski. Phillies baseball coming up next right here. Don't go anywhere. And thank you, Francisco Rojas. Phillies next right here on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.